Bust down rolling for the hell of it It's my time to shine, spotlights is my element Fuck a plain Jane, don't insult my intelligence I don't plan on selling it, so I don't see the relevance You niggas having porn shop nightmares I'm light years ahead of niggas, even on a light year Don Perignon, stain the laces of my night years Born poor, but I'ma die rich, nigga, life's fair All right, we back. My expert opinion, the greatest show in the world, 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 Hit that like, hit that share, let everybody know you in here. Don't cost you no paper unless you was a mother. Hater, 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 I'm thinking about creating a new intro. If you got any suggestions, leave it in the comments. Hater, 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 hater. Use a hater. <laughs> Yo, That's um, my man. Shit, man. Shout out to uh oh, forget her name. My apologies. But she pulled up to the shop today. She's a nurse. She's from another state. She came to New York City. She went to see the Book of Hove uh display in um Grand Army Plaza. Mm -hmm. And her second stop was coming to the shop to take a picture. Outside of the shop. Wow. I made, I made, I made Grand Army famous, though. <laughs> <laughs> I made Grand Army famous. the video famous. there. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I'm saying, man. Let's, let's uh, get to the interview so we can uh, get Yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Let's talk about it. Let's go. My God. Let's go. It's a fact. It's a fact, though. Matt. What's the word? Millie's. Beast. Yeah, beast, bro. The hoodies. Go check out the Hoodies album. Shout out to Kid Capri. <laughs> shout out to Millie's, bro. Yeah, you shout out to Millie's. I, I just wanted to throw that in there. The Hoodies, they got a project out right now. Go check it out. I mean, Kid Capri worked on, worked on it with them. Mm -hmm. They are dope. Go check them out. Also, because I don't get to do this. Mm. Yeah, I got a couple videos out right now. Y'all need to go check those out, too. Um, Comeback, uh, Butterflies. Butterflies. And all around, all around, go check those Shout out. They're on my YouTube hands. channel. So, all you got to do is leave from this when you're done and go to that on the same channel. It ain't that far. Salute to everybody that's been loving the music. Gat, I'm here, man. I got that video out now that everybody promoting. Yes, <laughs> my body, my body, you know what I'm saying. Directed by my man KK, 47. <laughs> Shout out to my man, Matt Fafa. He performed at the uh, Urban Plaza the other night. Tore yes. it down. Thank you. It was a beautiful Thank look. I'm pioneering the Urban Plaza, man. That's <laughs> why <laughs> I, I was the first, I, my first We gonna show. get to you, and we know we gonna get to you. <laughs> we know you Yo, legendary. Yo, champ. I'm good. Just keep it moving. Yo, tonight's <laughs> guest. We got you, Ed. Tonight's guest. I don't need no intro. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Soldier boy, hold your horses. <laughs> and like, hold, nah, your you. hold your horses. <laughs> um, we got a legend in the building. Listen, man, uh, coolest of the cool, in my opinion, growing up, there were two guys that I looked at as, damn, I, I want to be that cool when I, when I get older. It was Slick Rick, and it was this gentleman. Then I found out we had the same birthday, and I was like, oh, yes. yeah. I felt connected. I felt connected. Um, and he's from Brooklyn. Uh, a legend in the game. You've seen him uh, uh, cross over and do cameos and shows and all types of stuff. And now he has an organization called SEAL that we're going to talk about tonight. 
We got special editors. Big Brooklyn. Big Brooklyn. Big Brooklyn. I'm sorry, Mecca. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. <laughs> all day. I do the highest day. title. You heard? Uh, yeah, I ain't got to say it no more. This shit just hover over me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you have one of like the biggest songs of all time in the genre. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a blessing. You know, yeah. I owe it to Howie T, man. I want to shout out Howie T. And I just want to say, you know, Howie a very private person, but, you know, he going through some things right now. He's um kind of plagued with a with an ailment. He has ALS. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he's currently hospitalized. And um, you know, that's like my big brother, man. That's like how he is my inspiration and my motivation. So, you know, I'm real hurt right now behind all that. But mm-hmm. you know, I want to bring some awareness. I want to bring about some awareness to um ALS. That's Lou Garrett's disease. Mm-hmm. And um it's it's serious, you know, and you know, I, 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 this is my first time really encountering it, and 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 someone so close to me. So I just want to say, you know, shout outs to Hitman Howie T. I love you. You know, what I'm saying I just seen him last week. I went to go. I go on the VI. I go see him all the time. So, you know, what I'm saying I owe that man my my livelihood. You feel me? So mm-hmm. shout outs to Hitman Howie shout T. Shout out to Howie T. Yeah, positive, nothing but positive vibes. Amen. Well, you people owe Hitman Howie T. That dude was behind a lot of hits. Yeah, he absolutely. Howie, yeah. Howie was the original producer, super producer in Brooklyn. Mm. You know, he put pushed everybody out of Brooklyn back in those days. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, he was uh, definitely instrumental in Brooklyn hip hop. Who were some of the artists he pushed out? Treat me right. Yeah, before me, he had UTFO, mm-hmm. he had Whistle, Lil Sean, Puma. Shout out to Lil Sean. Um, Shout out to yeah, Chub Rock. Uh, I'd say UTFO, yeah. Um, he worked with Full Force. He did a lot of um, a lot of cats out of Brooklyn, even Izzy Ice. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Soul Man. So, yeah, Howie T, man, was just like the hood savior. You know what I mean? Everybody went to him. You wanted a hit, see the hit man. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, he had, his track record was impeccable. How did y'all link you being so young and him already having a reputation? Yeah. You were in Erasmus at the time, right? Yeah, I was in Erasmus at the time, but I've known about and known Howie T since I was a child. Howie T lived across the street from my family, mm-hmm. you know, my cousins, the, the Pike family. And um, we used to always go over there and visit. It's a short walk, you know, maybe about a 20-minute, 30-minute walk down the Ave from Church Ave. I'm from Church and 31st, and they lived on Schenectady, you know what I'm saying, in Snyder, Tilden and Snyder, so um, right by the graveyard. So, yeah, we when we went over there for family, um, family visits or whatever, just pulling up. Howie T was always the music man. He, he, you know, DJ, Count Disco, all of that. So he had a crew. They used to make mixtapes. Mm-hmm. So when I was little, I used to literally watch them making mixtapes out in the driveway, in the in the yard. Like he'd pull the equipment out, almost like a block party, but on his property. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they'd be out there making mixtapes. So I've been watching him since I was a youngin, and that really inspired me. To even want to rap because I seen how dope it was. I was like, man, they out here passing the mic around, the DJ cutting it up. And that's what really introduced me 
to rap on a personal level. I'm saying that era, the mixtapes, Hitman mm. Howie T, yeah. When so, did you know you were nice? I knew I was nice in junior high school. In junior yeah. high school, I used to um, battle my man Gage, you know, just walking home, you know what I'm saying? And we'd be spitting for real, like some real shit. And um, I used to write in junior high. By junior high, uh, rap was serious, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just, nowadays I see kids like, you know, saying stupid bars at each other mm -hmm. and laughing and shit. No, we was spitting in junior high school. And then um, one time in eighth grade, that's when uh, DJ Action, shout out to DJ Action, man. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We linked up since eighth grade, hmm. but he, he when we, we used to cut out or even after school go to his crib, and he had, in eighth grade, he had two 1200s, a mixer. He had a whole set with the mic, and he had these big-ass speaker cabinets that he built. Mm. In eighth grade? In eighth in grade. Eighth grade. Wow. DJ you, action, facts. Let me you, tell you something. Before wow. the cell phones and the, and the iPads, kids was doing shit. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. There was yeah. more, more aptitude, more hands-on shit. Right. He actually built them cabinets himself. And um, he had break beats too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether... I don't know how he got all this shit. You know what I mean? I never really... I kind of asked, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everything ain't for everybody. But, I'm not sure you really want to hear the answer. Right. Yeah, but um, he had a mic, which was my point. So I would grab the mic and be like, yeah, well, do what you do. I'm going to do what I do. And we'd fuck around and make little tapes and shit like that. So we've been doing that since the eighth grade. But even one time in class, we had like a substitute teacher, you know, and they wasn't about nothing. We wasn't doing shit but bugging out, throwing shit out the window, clowning. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I started, we did an actual live recording session without recording in class. We had a, I had a whole section singing and doing my background, and um, they was doing the chorus. Action was beatboxing, and I was spitting. We did a whole session in the class in junior high school, yeah. and the shit was dope. The song was dope, matter of fact. As a matter of fact, you know somebody named Jillian? That's my sister. Yeah, Jillian is the OG. Yeah. She gangster. Yeah. I, I went crazy. to school with her. Yeah. So she was in my class, and she probably wow. was in that class too. You ask about the oh, session. Oh, that's crazy! Hold on, that's <laughs> weird, bro. You ask about Hold the on. sessions in junior high school. Hold that's on. mad random, yo. <laughs> yeah. You know somebody named? Wait a minute. That's my sister. Hang on. Yeah, a second. yeah. That's like that's like my sister too. You mm -hmm. feel me? Like for real. Go like, back far enough. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of our, like you know, in them days in junior high school. All the guys and the girls had their crew and everybody was tight mm -hmm. and it was like family. So that's like family to me. You feel mm -hmm. me? So yeah, we did that. Oh, I needed to pick up. 
I need to picked up. To the phone. Yo, OG. What you want, man? What you mean? What I want, man? You don't, you don't get, you don't call your little brother like that. What's up? I ain't fucking with you, bro. I said, I, you <laughs> <laughs> she said I ain't fucking with <laughs> right, you, bro. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> he a super duper star. That's me. Yo, you hit me on IG. I don't even run my IG no more. My God, you got my number, Jill. Like, what are you talking about? I love you though. Wow. I love you though. See? I told you, you gangsters. One of your homies in the building. He just put me on the spot. He was like, you know, Jillian. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. What up, son? What up, son? Hey, you you was in eighth grade with me? I know that, but I'm talking about, you remember when we did the session in class? Yes. There we go. You Facts. was probably doing the chorus, too, with Sue. Sue, yes. Yeah, the host. All the girls were singing in the background. You remember what the it was? I, I ain't going to sing it for you, but the girls, the girls sang <laughs> the background. What you have my sister singing, man? All of them sang the background and uh, acted the beatbox. And I was spitting right in the middle of school, in the middle of class. Bro, why I just talked you up? Because I told my man, I said, me and Rod, we were, we were the trombones and Ed was the trumpet. We That's the right. We was in the band, too. And, and I was telling them Ack was DJing back then. He had his turntables, mixer, break beats, and his speakers. Wow. I told you, your sister wow. gangster, son. Yeah. She down with us. Word up. <laughs> Hi, Jill. You ain't never tell me that, though. It's all good. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Yo, 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 I'm showing off. My guest is bringing you up, but I'm showing off. You crazy. Your sister been right, recorded. Sis. Love you, too. All right. Yeah. That but. wasn't staged, either. Nah, that wasn't staged at all. Nah, she could it be. That wasn't staged at all. Wow. Yeah, son. She been, in, she been recording, mm. son. So basically, that's where it all started, where we actually started really manifesting songs and putting it down for real, you know, in Yo, school. Special Ed is like your uncle. You went a little too far. You went a little too far with it, bro. You went a little too far. I ain't never seen him at the cookout. I never We was in the streets. You feel me? Yeah. Dope. Dope. So to answer the question, junior high got serious. You know what I'm saying? Then by the time I got to high school, I had to go in there with the mentality that, you know what I'm saying, I had to run this. So I went to a very dangerous high school, Erasmus Hall High School. Yeah. Very dangerous e at Hall. that time. Mm -hmm. yeah, e Hall. So when I got in there, my strategy was to gain some respect. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I found the nicest nigga that spit in the school. And I battled him for his name. And that's how mm, that's different. I got my weight up in high school because I was a freshman. So I came in there and was, you know, fishing around like, yo, who spit, who rhyme, who rhyme? And they told me who rhyme. And his name at the time was Prince till I took it. You know I'm saying? Yeah, serious. <laughs> was he a freshman, sophomore? Nah, he was already up there. I don't know what grade he was in, but he wasn't no freshman. 
He right. was the man in the school. Oh, he was one of so the I had to seek the man in the school so right. I could then assume that role. Why, why his name, though? Why battle for your Because we battled for namesake back then. There wasn't no money involved. What else was we doing it for? Shits and giggles? <laughs> nah. So I battled for his name. And really, it's for the respect, for the reputation. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm coming into it. It's like you coming in jail, coming to Erasmus Hall. Motherfuckers were scared to go to Erasmus Rasmus Hall. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But I lived in a neighborhood, and it was zoned. So the day we had to pick high schools, I, I missed that day. So they just zoned me into right. <laughs> E Hall. Right. Yeah. And um, you know who, who got in there as an art student? Your man, uh, Michael Rappaport. He went through hell. He was terrible. Oh, I could imagine. They, they terrorized his ass up in there. What? But he survived. He alive. He still got <laughs> yeah. two arms. He still got two arms. And he was the only white boy in there. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Wow. And so it was that's serious. why he's so comedic because he had to use that to survive. Yeah. Absolutely. Chops. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Don't don't psychologically break. No, it that's down. how it is. Like he said, E no. was like jail. It, I was in jail. In jail, the funny guy survives. They get beat up and all that, but they want yeah. to survive because there you make go. Them, they right. make you laugh. Yeah, they test, the funny nigga that they tested his yeah. character a hundred thousand times. But I think what really saved him, I think he had some friends on the football team, mm. and they used to stand up for him sometimes. Mm. But when, when the people out there and the boys is out there, everybody quiet. It was that type of party. But mm. yeah, he went there. He survived. I know he got, he real loud right now, but you know what I'm saying? I, I know him. <laughs> you feel me? I let him talk. He talk his talk. Right. He real loud now, but he went to my school. Right. And um, you know, that's mad random, right there. Yeah, because yeah, there really wasn't white boys going to that. That was the that only time. one. Yeah, that was... That's what I'm trying to tell you. He yeah. was the only one, and I believe he went there for whatever reasons. I don't know. He might have been an implant. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> but, but otherwise, it was probably for the arts. Because right. you see, he became an actor. Right. He's right. an actor. Right. So you know that was probably his thing. A lot of people went there for the arts, like. It was historical that Barbara Streisand went there. Mm -hmm. It was a school of the arts. Mm -hmm. right. It just happened to be two blocks from my crib. Right. Mm -hmm. So I and, ended and up there anyway. The neighborhood. I, I didn't have to apply for the arts. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Right. Yeah. So, so, you, so you battling in there and taking people's names and shit. Yeah. So once you take, no, how does that yeah, work? Yeah, that's I what I want to know. Like, how so does, now they call you. battle, but we never like, battle. Oh, get over names. here. So, so <laughs> now it's like, yo, they calling you Prince now after you take the name? Well, like, yeah, well, I own the name. I didn't, they the didn't call me Prince. They still call me Special Ed. Right. But I own, I put it in my pocket. You feel me? <laughs> so he, so oh, he right, can't. What was his name okay. after that? I can't tell you that, man. That, that's, now that's dry snitching. Now I'm not up here for that shit. Everybody else love doing that shit. This is the fucking age of the snitch, my nigga. Like they dry snitching, wet snitching, all kind of. They doing self snitching. Right, man. This shit is out of control. So, so the name you can't tell the name. His new nah, name. I can, but I, I ain't going to put him out right. there. I and, took the name Prince from him. And you, okay. His name was Prince. I battled him and took it, and they couldn't call him Prince no more. And that, and that was just... That's it. Probably call him Chump, Sucker. Tuck your tail and keep it pushing. So whatever new name 
that he came up with. Well, I don't know what he came up with. They had to call him his little nickname from the hood. Like, yeah. no more Prince. He ain't Prince no Damn, more. Damn, that's I took, crazy. I took his crown. You feel me? Wow. Yeah. What were that's those different. battles like? Was it like... Those what, battles was rounds? like a whole bunch of niggas around. The whole hood, all the crooks, everybody. The whole everybody witness, bear witness to this. Right. That's what it was all about. You're coming into a big place. And e Hall was is probably the second largest uh, high school in the country. Mm. So mm. you're coming into this school with thousands of students, everybody wild and unruly, mm -hmm. and you got to make make a footing. Right. So I said, yeah. all right, well, let me just do it this way. You know what I'm saying? Instead right. of me having to do other shit. What's know? my sister doing in there? <laughs> she was good, man. She was chilling. Nah, she's chilling. She's, she's chilling, man. Yeah. Nah, I heard a couple of stories about Jill. I don't yeah, think she's yeah. chilling. Well, you know, I ain't gonna put. I ain't gonna dry snitching. He just said he ain't I just said that. Bro. Bro, like, he wants to say he not dry snitching. He, he want to hold some shit over her head for moms and shit. Like, yeah, I know what you was doing. Nah, I got enough. I already got enough. I already got. Enough. I'm a little brother. I already got right, enough. Right, right, right. So you know what I'm while you was at the school, did anybody else come into the school and test? You nah for nah, your name nah, nope. So after that battle, that was it. That was it. I was the nobody I was the wanted to stop. Nobody him. wanted to deny because see, he was the best right in the school at the time. So mm -hmm. after I done did that to him in front of the the whole world, it was like that's the man. There ain't nobody trying me. You feel right. me? Mm. Not one person was like, yeah, I got you, bro. But now, nah, not like not Attempted. at my school. I went around battling at other schools and down in other hoods and shit, but right. like not at my school. My school, that was it. It was declared. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Where, yeah. did that, where did that name come from, Special Ed? Special Ed. My man E. Dot, he, he spit too, but my man E. Dot is a childhood friend. And, um, you know, I was in between names. I done used every name in the book. You know, Ed Ski, Eddie Love, Eddie Ed. Shit like that. And then one day he was like, yo, you should call yourself Special Ed. And I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, for, you ain't, I ain't really know if he was joking or what, but when right, I thought about it. Special Ed. Like, yeah, but when yeah, I thought about it, because I knew, not, <laughs> I knew, I knew he wasn't going to play me like that. Yeah. I wasn't playing, you know, so I knew he wasn't playing me like that. I knew he was, he had some sensibility behind it. And when I thought about it, it took me a second and I thought and I said, do I want that on me? You know what I'm saying? Do I want to have to defend that every minute? And I like, hell yeah, I'm built for that. Mm. So I said, that's that's what I'm going to do. Did yeah. you think yellow bus? When nah. he said, nah. you think none of that? Nah, nah thought, he wasn't trying to play. Though. Nah, we don't play. We, I ain't play. I, 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 and that's I, actually I, your name though. Ed. Ed. Yeah. So yeah. that makes sense though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't make a lot of sense. call myself special ed and my name is like Kenneth or some shit. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that, don't make no, that don't make, make no, no sense. sense. Shout right. out to all the Kenneths, though. Y'all shout out to all the Kenneths. Shout out to all the special Kenneths. All the Kenneths and special ed. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> yeah. good people. All right. so, so from there, you're in high school. Yeah. You battled freshman year. Yeah. Took out the best. Yeah. E-hole. This is your spot. Yeah. One, I wanted to ask you, were any of the rhymes that we heard on your first album in that battle? Well, I'm not even sure if it was in the battle, but probably, you never know, probably something from there because, you know, that 
album was a culmination of rhymes I had written for years mm. and was ready. You know mm. what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I used some of it. Did y'all go rounds? Yeah. yeah. Oh, back rounds, back. That's a battle. Right. Yeah. Back to back, round for round. And we had beatboxes. Champ. So, so it, wasn't, it wasn't like, yeah, champ. My man Richie Rich, my man Tick was two beatboxes from E-Hall. That was always on was point, necessary. always around. Yeah, them, we got to find them. Anytime anybody want to spit, yo, where we're rich at? Where we're ticks? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so for me, you're in high school. Um, you got this legendary producer across the street from you. From my cousin. From your cousin. From your cousin. Connected. Yeah. Howie T. Yeah. Howie T. So I had to wait until I felt that. You know, I had enough within me, enough energy or confidence in myself to even approach Howie T because he was the man already. He was already putting out records. I mean, when I was in junior high school, UTFO pulled up in a limo. You know, they, they sister went from Doc's sister went to eat to, to Whitman junior right. high. Right. With Jim, Whitman. Yeah. yeah. So. How we been making hits since then, mm. so it was like you. I had to be on point. I had to be better than everybody, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So I waited until the right time, and that was by about the age of 15. Mm. Excuse me. So by 15, I was ready for whatever. Anybody, so I give. I ain't care who was doing nothing. I Sophomore was, year. Right. Yeah, yeah. 15 is about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I did it. I, I told my cousin Jennifer, you know, yo, go tell Howie I want to spit for him. I want to, you know, see if he'll put me on. And she thought I was joking. She was laughing at me and shit. I was like, nah, cuz I'm serious. I ain't laughing. <laughs> I said, I'm serious. So yeah. she went over there and talked to Howie. And he was like, all right, cool. Set up a time or whatever or come. And I went over there and um, he asked me, you know, what I wanted to rhyme to. Right. And basically, I told him impeach the president. Mm. Yeah. So that was one of my wow. favorite. Look it up. I told you, ACAB breaks. <laughs> Look so it up. I, I knew my favorite beats, my favorite breaks. I told him impeach the president. I think they probably was impressed by that. And he looped it up for me. Mm -hmm. And I just started spitting and spitting and spitting. Really, I was waiting for them to stop me. <laughs> but they kept like listening, like, oh shit. And I kept going. And then, I don't know, 15 minutes later, they was like, all right, you know what I'm saying? I ain't stopped till they stopped me. Mm. And um, that was it. He was minutes. like, all right, yeah, about that long. I just how, kept, old, how old were you? 15. 15. Damn. 15. 15. Yeah, but that's what it was. And by that time. You was 15 doing that, man? Yes. Yeah, by that time, Chub Rock had records out. A lot of people did. UTFO, Chubbs, Lil mm. Sean, Puma. They all had records out. Whistle. You know mm. what I'm saying? So I'm just coming up after them. Whistle. Mm. Yeah. The way you sounded, though, was like you was far ahead of your time. Yeah. See, I was always trying to be different. I was always trying to sound different. I didn't want to sound like everybody else. So your image was different, too. Yeah. Everybody. And I didn't want to sound like you know, the same style as everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I kind of made my own styles and made my own flows. And, you know, my family's Jamaican. Right. So I really grew up listening to a lot of dance hall, 
yellow man, you know, shine head, yellow man and fat head, but mm -hmm. shine head as another artist and just different reggae artists that would uh, chat is what they call it. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Or toast. So I, I, that's what I grew up on. My family, my pops used to work at the radio back in Jamaica. So, you know, he always had records. Mm. He was always playing, you know, reggae. Bounty killer. Yeah. He wasn't out. Before that. Yeah. Huh? Before, before he, that. He way later. Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, I was the first artist to feature Bounty Killer on a hip hop song. Mm. Yeah, I went to Got Jamaica. A lot of first, mm. Yeah, that's how I do our pioneer shit. <laughs> <laughs> before, before we wrap this up, we gotta go through the pioneer list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta knock that out. He was like, Brooklyn Museum, what? Me first. <laughs> yeah. Everything. So nah, I, I told him the other night, I was like, yo, you know, I'm doing a performance at Urban Plaza. He was like, oh yeah, my, my first show, Urban Plaza. I jumped up, I popped it off over there. Yeah, I, I, yeah. That was my like, first oh, performance ever, Urban Plaza. And I, yeah. a lot of a lot of entertainers and people was there. I remember Latifah was there and you know, a lot of artists was there and, and they was the whole crowd was singing. With me, I was like, oh shit, we on. Mm, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because that was my first time performing my songs. And when they all knew it, I, I saw the power of records and the power of how this entertainment worked, you know, marketing, radio. People knew that shit. I was like, damn. Because I was always a fan, but I didn't really realize how fast people catch on and memorize some mm -hmm. stuff. So, uh, what made yeah. you pick um, Brooklyn Museum for your first video? The Grand Army Plaza. Grand, Grand, Army, Grand Army Plaza. Plaza but the that's Brooklyn Public Library. Library. Yeah. That's yeah. where Hove got the situation at right now. Yeah. Shout outs to Hove. But you know I pioneered the Brooklyn Public Library. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. But um, yeah, what happened was the crew, Chica Bruce, female director, she scouted around Brooklyn and asked me for some landmarks and some places. Prospect Park was one of our spots, you know right. what I'm saying? So just her looking around, seeing different places, found, um, you know, the, the backgrounds different. We did like five scenes around that one little area by the library in the park. Park right across the street, the little mm -hmm. band shell, scenes in the park with the chases. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of that video over there too. You know what I'm saying? But um, Chica Bruce did that. And she also did Think About It, which was very innovative with the whole chase, with Story the hovercraft scene. and mm -hmm. all of that, right. helicopters and everything. That was all Chica Bruce, man. So I'm going to give it up. You know what I'm saying? The Chica Bruce, wherever you at. Yeah. yeah. Did you know too. that beat? was going to be what it was when you heard it. He didn't even get to where he got got the beat. Hey, I'm going. I'm, that's where I'm, that's exactly where I'm at now. T. That's where I'm at. You got it for Howie. Yeah. Right. Howie. Howie came up with all the beats on the first album. But he did uh, let me in on the sessions. Like, I was digging in the crates with him. Mm. So Literally. After, not to cut you off. So after you spit for him for 15 minutes or whatever until they stopped you. Right. After that, what happened? After that, we started to record songs. Okay. So right. that's when he came with his original production beats. Mm -hmm. And then we started digging in the crates. And I brought him some songs I wanted to rap on, like the Al Green sample for The Bush. I brought mm -hmm. that to him and was like, yo, I want to rap on this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And there was other songs that we dug in the crates. And I was like, yeah, I want to rap on that. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I was familiar with some beats, some breaks, and some samples. Mm-hmm. And he actually tried to give me some credit for production on the album, but I was like, nah. I was already just overwhelmed that he gave me the opportunity, you know, as an artist. So I, I was like, nah, you got it, man. You the man, Howie. Just produce, and I'm a spit. They get them Al Green samples cleared though back then, man. Yeah. We ain't get no samples cleared back then. Ain't nobody clear shit. Like, we just spit on it. And we had to deal with the repercussions after. Yeah, and it was really after the um, Biz, rest in peace, after the Biz lawsuit um, for Nobody Beats the Biz, mm. that we all had to kind of sit up and pay attention to these samples now. Right. Mm. And start, and the label started clearing them. And actually, I just got a letter about a sample from that album. And I'm like, come on, man. It's you 35. just got a letter about it? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. I know why though. I know why. You know, for the reversion coming up, mm-hmm. I'm getting my copyrights and all my shit back. Oh, yes. And they trying to throw just distract me. You got something, nigga. We yeah. need something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. I mean shit. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like it's like this nigga giving back publishing after 30 years. Like, shit, is, what is it worth to them right now? You feel me? Yeah. Right. yeah. All right, have it. But you see throughout the years, um, certain songs, mm-hmm. they resurface. It's movie trailers, mm-hmm. um, with the movie scores. A lot mm-hmm. of licensing and sync licensing. Commercials. Yeah, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like, you, uh, the, the past year, I'd say about... 80% of the trailers that I've seen for like movies coming out, Been. it's a hip hop song, yeah. but it's like revised. Right. You know what I mean? You did that with your record? Yeah, well, well they've been doing my shit too. over plenty of times, yeah. man. Right. You know, from everybody from east to west coast, mm-hmm. rest in peace to Gonzo, he done did that on the west coast probably 30 years ago. Um, a lot of people undid that over you know, some some bad boy folks and that whole camp done sample my stuff. You know, Rick Ross done did Magnificent. Mm-hmm. Jill Scott did yeah. Magnificent. Missy yep. Elliott did mm-hmm. Come On, Let's Move It. A lot mm-hmm. of people been sampling. You know, to me, that's flattery, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the bread shack done did I Got It Made Over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it's flattering. Just It's just about the business part of it, you know, because... I should have been compensated the way these artists are getting compensated for their licensing and they they works now. But I was with a label once again that was doing business the old fashioned way, you know, which is to keep the money, keep all the money way. (laughs) So, you know, just dealing with that as well, learning learning the ropes the hard way. You know what I'm saying? How, How was your first contract? Fucked up, like everybody else from the 80s. There was no no real standardization. A contract is whatever you agree to. Mm. And they knew that. And they knew the thirst of kids from the hood. Yeah, youngins. Especially kids, man, from the hood. Wanting to get on and be famous. And, um, you know, exploited people's talent. You know, for very little money. Because just to know the types of money they was making... And then to see what they was giving out. I mean, my first album budget was like $15,000 for a whole album. 
know what I'm saying? And it came to a point where, you know, at one point people was getting, you know, 150000 for a single, for a feature, shit like that, for right. a beat, you know, for a track. Right. So we don't went through those phases too. And then we back around to the digital age where now they like $10 a beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. How much so, the first album made though? The first album should, I was reported like 480 something thousand units, but that was back in 1989. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, really it's, probably, now it's probably different. Well, it's probably see, up there. Yeah, but they never v- verified it. They never verified it gold. They never, because they would have had to give me an increase in my royalty rate. Did you check it though? So they always kept it down. Yeah, what well, they reported. Mm. I mean, check what? Mm. I was before SoundScan. Right. They said it surpassed half a million copies. Mm. Yeah, but where so my plaque gold. at? Where my yeah, boy that's at? Gold. You went gold, bro. Yeah, Probably I mean, you know, more than that. Yeah. I, call it, I, call, I call it what it is, but you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I like to see that paperwork. The single alone was probably platinum. Yeah. I got it made when everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but that's you just know, the single. back oh, in yeah. them days, though, they controlled everything, though. Well, how, let, let's go to how you got to get a deal. Yeah. Because you were recording with Howie T. Y'all got all these records. There was a management company called True Blue. Mm. And they came over to Howie's crib. They was from the neighborhood. They uh, was some guys that played football together. Tank, Tony, and Terry, rest in peace to Terry. Um, and they told me they was interested in managing me. Mm. So I basically told them that if they got me the deal, I would let them manage me. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't just going to say, yeah, I don't really know you. So mm-hmm. show me your value and then we can do business. So they right. did. Right. They went out and got the deal. They shopped it around. They told me Def Jam was interested, but they didn't want to do the, the legal process because I was 15. Mm. And um, you have to go through a legal process, which costs money and time. Mm-hmm. And they actually was trying to just buy some of my songs wow. from mm. other artists. And I was like, nah, I ain't selling my shit. You know, I tried that. I wrote a song for the real Roxanne and um, never got paid. So mm. I was like, nah, I ain't selling no more shit to nobody. I ain't writing nothing for nobody. Mm. So that killed my ghostwriting career. Did you ever see her after that? Yeah, I seen her. It wasn't her fault. Yeah, right. It was the label. The label. Yeah. Right. yeah, I seen I ain't got nothing against the real Roxanne. You know what I'm saying? She was cool. Um, she was just doing her part. Trying right. to get on too, trying right. to become famous and wealthy at the same time. And I doubt that the label treated her fair or anybody. Chubbs right. was on that label. Right. I doubt, you know, Chubbs just mm-hmm. win because he grinding, not because mm-hmm. the royalties from select records. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't right. think nobody really got, you know, paid from those labels back in the days like they thought. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was, but the management, yeah, they came to me and, you know, told me they was interested. I was like, all right, well, go get me a deal mm-hmm. and we'll sign up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's how we made that happen. So they brought the deal back. They brought the deal back and then we did both, I signed both contracts together at my lawyer's office. Management so your lawyer overlooked this contract. Yeah, my lawyer overlooked both contracts and went through them with me. And I went through them myself. And I found some things that 
I needed clarification on because mm -hmm. I wasn't an attorney. And once they throw one little word, it means something else. Just that whole third. definition of the paragraph. Right. So hit, I had to two. I had to make sure. And in them days, I was really about my business too. Like I just finished doing an accounting course, you know what I'm saying, up at FEGS. Operation Success, they sent us to uh, business school, FEGS Business School. Mm. And um, they had jewelry making, taxi, cab uh, class, and they had accounting. <laughs> <laughs> you took accounting. <laughs> well, nah, I took that. I had the jewelry making with the rest of my school. But then they pulled me out of there. I had, you know, they pulled me out of there and put me separate and shit like they always be trying to separate me bro like, <laughs> you making songs in special the back ed. of the class yeah. yeah. he's writing his album and performing in class <laughs> like, get wow. him away from everything yeah but I, I passed it you had to get over 90 like 90 95% to pass cause you dealing with numbers and accounting you can't be you know fucking up the, the numbers right. so I passed it got my little certificate and then they shipped us back to the main campus because this was an annex program they took us out of the main school you know what i'm saying and yeah my man i tell you he was there <laughs> yeah and uh we seen bernard getz on the train one time yo <laughs> yes yeah, sir we hey, was riding the yo. train seen bernard getz him? on the train no i don't it's the shooter yeah he, he, he popped like three, he one of the people. first yeah. Famous uh, vigilantes dudes in the city. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You know, he popped some dudes he said was trying to rob him or whatever. And they was running away when he shot him. Shot him. Yeah. yeah. He shot them all in it, basically all of them in the back. Bernard Getz, he was yeah. infamous. infamous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But you know, I mean, anybody see the, the ratchet come out, they're going to they gonna bounce. So Facts. at the end of the day, you know. He just still was with the shits. That's all, you know. Like he could have been like, okay, that's what I thought, and put his shit back away. But he he wanted to pop somebody. Yeah. That's all that was. So man. you he, saw him after? Yeah, we seen him after on the train. But what you gonna do then, right? Like, yeah, nah, you already you already, pop, you already pop four five dudes. Like, I ain't, we ain't doing that. That's the only way we knew who he was. Right. How we gonna recognize some random wow. ass nigga look like that? Like, nah. He that just tells you he didn't do too much time. Homeboy <laughs> was on the he train. He was on the train. Yeah, yeah, right we after seen him. Yeah. Wishing somebody else would. Yeah, cool. man. So you know. We after so after a while at Operation Success, they sent us back to the main campus in Flatbush. I don't know. It was some plan, man. I don't know if that was part of the school to prison pipeline or what. Mm. But I wasn't with that shit neither. You know what I'm saying? It's like job corps. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Like they tried corps. to set you up with a trade. Yeah. And then um yeah, but I was like jewelry making. What the fuck? Like y'all really think this? We was doing that. We was doing that at Westerhouse. Westerhouse um had the jury making class and all that. Yeah. Well, see, yeah, they had this at a real trade school in the Manhattan. Right. Like they was like it was a truancy program. Mm. Oh yeah, shit! Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I had my fair share of absences. <laughs> yeah. School just not excite yeah. you. Like <coughs> I mean, shit. Everything 
you know, everything was all around me, man. School was just there. You know what I mean? I reported when I could. <laughs> when I could. Yeah. <laughs> when you wish to. Nah, I know what you're saying. I That's how I, I was. Mean, school I got two kicked out of Wingate for the same thing. Yeah. I come to school. Right. Sit like that. So, I used uh, to go to school to hustle. Yeah, well, that ain't, they ain't kicked me out at that point. They just put me in the program Operation Success. Right. I got kicked out after that for some other charge. You know what I'm saying? I got a, a assault. Uh, it was a felony, actually, too, because it was a school officer. Mm -hmm. So I got an assault charge there. And, um, you know, I got, a, I got probation. I ain't get remanded or locked up or nothing. I did a little weekend in jail. Matter of fact, I had on my profile jacket when I got locked <laughs> up. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, let, me, let, me, let me guess. He was... He was talking to you a certain a certain way because you had a rap career. Well, see, nah, he was brand new and didn't know who I was. I but hate the fact is, I was on my way to class anyway, and he tried to stop me and play tough guy. I think he came into school to clean up the school, like you know, a new security team. But we still had the old security team, but he must have been the new head of security. Right. Mm. So he came and approached me like, "Yo, where you going?" Blah blah blah. I'm like, "I'm going to class, man." The problem, you know, I didn't even know who he was. I'm like, who, who this dude? But I knew all the security. They knew me. They knew me by name. I used to be like, I'm going to the store. Y'all need anything? You know what I'm saying? Like that type <laughs> shit. Right. And um, but I didn't know him. He was new, and he put his hands on me. And all I wow. did was really back him up off me, let him know, yo, don't touch. And then he was like, oh, you're going down. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? You touch me. Right. Yeah. They provoke you. Yeah, they provoke for you. you. For you to they, do yeah. something. That's what I'm saying, man. A lot of times we don't really understand what be happening to our children out there, but they prey on teen, black teens. Fuck your whole record up. Black and brown teens, man. It's, it's, it's horrible. You know what I'm saying? The police actually fuck with our children. Yeah, right. And they get in trouble and we think our children out there misbehaving. And nine times out of ten, man, they they being targeted, man. Yeah, you know, provoked. Yeah. And I've 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 been through it. I've been through it numerous times. Like, yeah. I actually um, I I've been arrested like twice before my record even came out. You know what I'm saying? Just living in the hood. Oh yeah. Not, I'm, I was Brooklyn. A, I think everybody right. from Brooklyn. If you grew up in Brooklyn, you was targeted by a cop. You was a rash. You was pulled over for no apparent reason. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, but that's not a Brooklyn thing, is what I'm saying. That's everywhere. I, that's, 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 that's everywhere. everywhere. You in Minnesota, Atlanta, New York, anywhere you yeah. go, it's like that. So all, you Yo, feel like the all cops blacks used to ride like? through my hood and be like, "Popo up, bees down." <laughs> what the hell that mean though? Cops up. Cops up, up, bees down. That sounds like some down. gang shit though. It, yeah, it was. They were. What they all they gang. It was. The gap is lit right now. No, I'm not. I said it sounds like some gang shit. I'm not lit. I know what I'm talking about, nigga. It sounds like some gang shit right now. That's how they operate, too. too a lot, too, too many of them. Two arrests before your record drops. Are you yeah, sure got, that guy didn't know who you were? Maybe he just... Nah, he ain't know. He, he was new. Was... Nah, he was new in the school. New security. Head of security. Because when he called the other security, they came and they was looking around like, where he at? And then when he pointed at me, they was like, and like you know, yeah. it was like what? Because they know I ain't you know I ain't out here trying to wild out. Mm -hmm. They know what I do. I was like the mayor. You know what I'm saying <laughs> I had mad love from everybody, security, faculty, staff, all that. Right. You know what I'm saying they love the kids. So 
you know, he was new and had no love or knowledge of what he was getting into. So he, you know, pressed me, held it against me. They took me down. I, you know, did my little central booking or whatever came out. And then they gave me a superintendent suspension. Mm. So they kicked me out of Erasmus. And then mm. they put me in Tilden, Samuel J. Tilden, which mm -hmm. was the next closest school. You know what I'm saying? That's a flat bus too, right? Yeah, yeah, just on the other side, a little further away. Right. I could have walked to Erasmus, but I had to take the bus down Church to, Ave to get to, to Tilden. And um, I got in there and same shit. Got arrested in there and um, police brutality. Damn. The man handcuffed me in the office and fucked me up, like swole my shit. Wow. And then when we was in the squad car going back to the precinct, I started threatening them like, yeah, all right, good. I'm glad you got your shit off, but we're going to see how this work out. And then he basically threatened me and was like, look, you could talk shit and go back to the same judge and go to jail. Because he probably read my report, seen what was going on. That's the only reason he would have did what he did. He, he did what he did. Right. And then he was like, you can run your mouth or you can get the fuck out and go home and shut the fuck up. Damn, and we was a block man. from my house. I was like, man, let me out this car. Man. <laughs> That's how it used to yeah. be back in the yeah. day. They beat you up and, and then send you home. Yeah. Instead of I was like, let up. me out the car, man. And I just walked a block to my house and went home early. Don't let them niggas chase you and catch you, though. And they, so you run nah, from them niggas and they run, catch you. I don't run, man. I don't run from them. And they no catch you, that's an ass for We don't do no yeah. running. Stop kidding. Oh, yeah. a fact. So that, yeah. It's, but the first time I had on my profile jacket, went through the system, central booking and all that. And mm. um, had on my profile jacket, my son, Alava Dome, Nikes. That's when I used to wear Nikes. You know what I'm saying? And, um... I was fresh in that motherfucker. But you don't wear Nikes no more? Nah. Fuck with it. Is there a reason why? The reason is because when I was on top of my game, we tried to get an endorsement deal with Nike. Right. And they informed us that they don't endorse entertainers, only athletes. Mm. But mm. they sent us a shitload of clothes. Like, we going to wear clothes for free. I'm going to advertise you for free. So I wore, I wore a couple pair of J's while they lasted or whatever, but... After that, I was like, I right, I'm good. Mm. I ain't, I ain't, I don't buy none of that shit. Nah, bro. Mm. And and since then, things have definitely changed. They they more so respect artists and what we the value that we add to their mm -hmm. brands. Right. And you can see it in every brand. Every yeah. brand has artists and rappers involved. Right. But um, back then they didn't entertain it. Mm -hmm. So you know, I just Kanye. it's a couple couple yeah, other Drake. <laughs> so is this another first? Were you one of the first people to go get a try to get a shoe deal? Well, I don't know, but I was nah because Run DMC had Adidas. Facts, yeah, facts. They did. but uh, I was probably the, I was probably the first nigga to get denied. Fuck it, that's <laughs> <laughs> the first nigga to get denied. <laughs> yeah. But you but you know the story behind how Russell got that deal with Adidas though. What he did at Madison Square Garden. Nah, what'd he do? He purposed, so they invited the marketing people from Adidas to come to a Run DMC concert and they at Madison Square. My Adidas. And they performed it and had everybody in the motherfucking stadium holding up their shoe. See? 
and that got them the deal after that. That'll do it. I read that in Steve Stout book, The Tanning of America. You know about that, Matt? That's strategic. I've heard that story before. Okay. I've definitely heard that story. That's strategic. Well, they already had Adidas, and, you know, we was trying to go for something else, I guess. I got you. You know, my management, they tried it. He said I was the first one to get denied. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the record comes out. You in Tilden at this time? Or? Yeah, when the record came out, I was in Tilden. I recorded it and all in Erasmus. I got the deal in Erasmus. Mm-hmm. Had the profile jacket and everything ready to bust out. How the old? whole school knew too. At that point, I was 15 going on 16. 16. Mm. Sheesh. Yeah. And he had it made. Youngest in charge for real. Yeah, yes. So by that time, when I um, signed the deal, yeah, I was probably just turned 16 by Did your then. parents have to be there and everything? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That what was part of the whole process. About well, see, my parents are straight from Jamaica, right? right. They, they came here for a better life. So they knew working hard and saving and working and, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So they didn't really too much understand the music industry at all. It was really like, all right, well, you know, we hope everything works out. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cool, but you right. get a job. Right, school, education, right. you know, this, that, and the third. And I believe that, too. I was trying to get my education, but they was fucking with me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But um, it ended up popping off. I knew that when I got to deal with Profile, I knew they had Run DMC already. They had Dana Dane already. They had Rob Bass already. I think they just got Rob Bass or whatever. Anyway, they had success. Right. So that's all I needed to hear. Run DMC? Oh, sign me up. Right. Because all I need for you to do is make me as famous as you made Run DMC. Mm -hmm. Give me as much radio as Run DMC got. And I'll do the rest. So you finish school after that? Yeah, I was trying to. But I was already a truant. And I went to the guidance counselor with my parents, at least one of them. And I was like, you know, I'm having some success. I'm making some money. Too lit right now. I can't, I can't do it. Nah, I said, can I get a tutor? Right. Oh, so wow. that I can make up my work or maybe possibly take a tutor with me on the road when I'm traveling. Right. And they basically hated on me. They was Damn. like, nah. What grade like, was that? That was 12th grade. There was like, as a matter of fact, if you miss one more day, you ain't going to graduate on time. So I was like, on time. So I was like, I, what's up with this GED? And they said, well, you can do that. So I did that. They had a class and um, I went to the class where they took some preliminary exam. And then I took the exam and they told me I, I, I could just take the test. I don't need the class. Right. So I went and took the test straight, passed that shit straight. I mean, I was never no dummy. I just ain't really mm-hmm. like wasting my time. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? So I took the test and got my GD early before I was anticipated to graduate. Shout out to that. Oh, I got man. my GD too. Hell yeah. Yeah, I got my GD too. Yeah, that's right. I still got it. It's somewhere in the crib. Yeah, somewhere in the crib. They gave me honors and all types of shit. I never wanted to go pick it up though. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It turned me off. The whole process turned me off, man. You know, just from how they handled me in school, 
leading up to one school to the other school to the you know how they let the the police and the, all that shit transpire because they did that, that yeah man i'm like you need to fuck away from there bro right. yeah meanwhile man. you're a gifted student in this school with no one around to take advantage of it or or nurture that and push it forward guidance counselors teachers principals Nobody saw any kind of spark in you? Nah, well, let me tell you. The guidance counselor is the one that called the police the second time when he fucked me up. Mm. Like, he's the one that called the police because he did the same shit to me. Where you going? I'm just new in the school. I'm like, yo, I'm going to class. Where's your program <coughs> card? I don't know. Let me get to my class. No, da 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 And then Aggressive he started... for no reason. Yeah, the energy exchange... He want to go call the police now. Isn't that the opposite of what a guidance counselor Bro, is supposed to do? I, I'm telling you. Like the, the complete opposite? Did any one of them try to reach out when they seen your success, though? Um, not had success while I was in the school. I was popping off. I had videos out. Jealous. I did part of that video. I got it made in front of Tilden. Right. Mm, mm. So they it looked knew. like a bunch of high school kids. Bro. Yeah, they knew. There was. So they was hating. So they was hating. Yeah, and, and it sounded like hate. My my first set of dancers went to Tilden. They were in school with me. We they they practiced the dance routines after school mm. on the weekends. That was um, Patty, Belinda, and and Weena. Good memory, my brother. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember who people female I paid. named Weena. That's People crazy. I conducted business with, yeah, I remember them. But, yeah. I, I'm really curious about what your reaction was the first time you heard that beat. It's so infectious. It's so classic. Man, it was banging. I actually heard the whole need. process, though. That was one of those digging in the crates beats. I think it's something Howie wanted to fuck with, and he put the record on. I seen him put the record on, sample it, process the sample, mm. add the drums, all that. So mm. I was there for that process, but it was hot, it was hot from the beginning, mm -hmm. like from the first sample. I'm spitting to it, like mm. you know, it was like that with a lot of the shit. Like I start writing and spitting before he even done with the beat, mm. because the energy, you know, from from the sample alone. Out of me, yeah. Being it's a it's a different type of process. Yeah. When you when you when you there it together. And, and sometimes I would come and he would be like, "Yo, I got this beat for you." I want you to spit on, boom. And he'll play a beat that's done. But a lot of the times I sat there and go through samples with him. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because he was so sought after, like everybody be taking his beats. Like remember Chubbs, UTFO, The Real Roxanne, this, that, and the third. He was doing projects for other people. So beats ain't last. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I still think Chubb stole a few of my beats. <laughs> <laughs> like for real. Like, yeah. Um, but Chubb's always got the up tempo hot shit though. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I see what's going on. You had to be around. You mm -hmm. had to get that shit fresh out oh. the sampler from right. him. Mm -hmm. That's how it was with Howie. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because his shit was hot. You were like a star in high school. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. The only thing I can picture is like if you're like the man on the basketball team. You know what I mean? Like the, the quarterback on the football nah, team. Nah, he's just a nigga from the hood that's lit. But this is this that's the ver <laughs> that's this version of right. that. It, it, you know right. what I mean? It's I ain't playing no sports. And nah, it's, it's, it's right. bigger than that because it's people on outs in, in the other schools. Like you went to, to Wingate to check MC Light. Oh yeah, yeah. My DJ action went to Wingate High School. 
And he told me that light went there. So, you know, for some reason, we used to trespass in other people's schools. schools all the time. All yeah. the time. Like, yeah. I've been there. I almost got locked up in my brother's school, South yeah, Shore. Raise, raise your hand if you ever, if you <laughs> ever went to Clara. Clara Barton is oh, dead. Oh, we went up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all the girls. I went right? up to King. The one, What was across from King? LaGuardia. Yeah, I done mm. trespassed in mass high school. <laughs> yeah. For no reason, we used to go up there. Right. Yeah, Trans I remember, yeah, back then when Boy. King and LaGuardia was at war with each other, too. I don't, what was wrong with them? You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, and um, Light ain't go to school that day. But funny thing is, Wingate had... Fucking roller skating class, bro. That mm. I was like, damn, y'all y'all doing it over not, here? Cause not when I got there. Yeah, see, it yeah. was out of there. That was that was done by then. Yeah. I think that's the reason why they have all them concerts in Wingate. A lot of legends went to that school. Mm. Nah, roller, roller skating. That sounds like the biggest waste of time ever. Well, shit. Roller skating. Class. I was impressed. I was like, damn, I wish we had roller skating class. Because that's some that fun was part shit. Of culture at that time. Yeah, because yeah, I used to go to Empire Roller Rink. Yep. Yeah. So hey, for me, hard. yeah, Shout Empire. Yeah, man. I used to go on some of the good nights with my older brothers, but otherwise on Sunday for sure. You had the you Empire. All ages on Sunday. You had the skate Empire and skate keep. Yeah, but yeah, I, from the hood, we just walked to Empire. Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying it was a nice little 15 minute walk. walk. Yeah, up straight up Nostrand Empire, Empire and down. Mm-hmm. So the people are seeing the I Got It Made video. They came out for the shoot. Um, no, I called them. I told everybody, mm-hmm. yo, I'm doing a video. I told all my people from different schools, different parts of Flatbush neighborhoods, people I knew, yo, come down. I casted most of my shit. Mostly all my videos I casted. Mm. Think about it. You know, I casted that, even the little steam bath with all the girls in there. Mm. I casted that. Um, The Magnificent casted that. They they had got, like, I think Malcolm did get um, some key people to do certain things, like to dance. Um, He got, he had a little dancer in there plug that he was flashing through. But I had my own, my own dancers in there too, the Jiggy Crew. Shout outs to Prince, Kazo. Prince Low? Romy Low, yeah. Yeah, Prince Low, that's my yeah. guy, man. Salute Prince Low. Yeah, the Jiggies, yeah, man. Wait, and my man. He dressed Kay- me up for the BT Awards in LA. See? Yeah, oh, when I gave me yeah. all the vintage polo shit. Facts. My yeah. guy, Prince yeah, Low, yeah. Yeah, they used to dance for me for years. Those was like, when it, when it was really popping off, you know what I'm saying? Those was, they was on deck. Jiggy, the, the group. Yeah, the, the toss lives. it up. They were members of the group. Yeah, toss Jiggy. it up. The song. Yeah. I yeah. love that fucking record. Yeah, and there was other Jiggy members too, but three of them danced for me: Romy, Romy, Rome, Prance Low, and Kazo. And Kazo um, got some barbershops too. Levels, levels. Mm, yes, doing yes, all yes. the barbershop. That's one. Of, that's one of my um, dances too. Dope. From back then, you know, he entrepreneur. It's crazy. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. Okay. Wreck is out. Got your GED. Mm-hmm. What's happening in the industry? Who's your competition? Um, everybody's my competition, but I was really touring a lot with Public Enemy, Queen Latifah, Big Daddy Kane, Slick Rick, Jeez. Rakim, Cool G Rap, mm. um, LL. 
And as a matter of fact, we did shows also with on the West Coast and all around the country regionally with like Hammer, Ice-T, mm. Too Short, you know what I'm saying? So we was doing shows with pretty much everyone that was out. Right. But everybody was pretty much competition at that time. But we weren't in a bitter feud or a bitter competition. We ain't hate each other. We actually showed each other love, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And um, shit, everybody showed love. Certain people had their little shit with each other, but right. I was PMD always cool. Was on tour with y'all yeah. too. Yep, yeah, yeah. Because Eric talked about that as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever there. mentioned your name? What you mean? Like or some battle shit? Oh, like Tribe Called Quest. We toured with them a lot too. Rest in peace, Fife. Yeah, but yeah. Um, nah, Fife not in no battle shit. Oh, but okay. I, I got bigged up. Fife, rest in peace, used to always big me up. Mm -hmm. Fife was my guy, man. He shouted me out probably more times than anybody. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Fife. Listen, you Fife were still diggity. a kid on these tours, though. Yeah. What, 18, Greg? Barely 20? 16, 17, 18, 19. I gotta ask, hold on. Were you like the first rapper from Brooklyn, right? That was the age you were that got a deal? At that time, yes. At that time, the, right? Hence the youngest that's in charge. That's another first. Yeah, yeah, that's another hell first. Hell yeah, that's another yeah. first. But then some of my peers started getting deals you know, like Izzy Ice, mm -hmm. we around the same age. He had got a deal. He was around my age. Um, couple of people that was my age. I opened the door for my generation. Right, that's what I mean. To start you set a trend. To 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 start being taken more seriously. Right. You know what I'm saying? Before then, wasn't much people signing or trying to put on no oh. kids. Kids, right. Everybody had to be like, you know. Of age, yeah. Because you know at saying? that time, I didn't know you were that young. Yeah, yeah. Nobody. I don't you know think anybody. Did. I didn't. I didn't know about young rappers being signed to Chris Cross, and that was later. Right. Yeah. That, that was, was way after. after. Well, you was young. Yeah. You well, you know, these niggas is grown men, though. Yeah, I had a certain level of maturity, and I was still taller <laughs> for that age. You know what I'm <laughs> Not like seriously. I got in the clubs mm. before my record. Mm. Like uh, when Union Square opened, I was there. Mm. We said Rakim performed. I remember I went with my older brother, but um, I got in. I used to use their ID. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did you have a guardian when you were on the road? Did one of your parents go with you? Nah. Or what? I had a road manager. Well, I guess that's the same. That's it. The yeah. Guardian. Road <laughs> manager. <laughs> that's it. What, what? But the road manager was with Terry. Rest in peace. He mm -hmm. he he was with my management company. Mm -hmm. So he was assigned as my road manager and went out on the road. But my parents stayed home. They had jobs. They had lives. You're a kid. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I can't get past it. He's a kid. Yeah. Around grown adults. But see, we people. we was different back then. Yeah. yeah you like, come from the hood. Yeah. It's, it's a difference <laughs> between world. between a 16 year old then and a 16 year old, and a 16 -year -old now. now. Mm, like, Big difference. Right. I was. I look back in retrospect and I can say. Yeah, I was a minor, but back then, to me, I was already an adult. Right. Mm -hmm. By the way I handled myself mm -hmm. in business and in the street. It's advanced. Right. And I had older brothers. I'm the youngest of five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so I grew up already with an understanding of how shit was and how shit needed to be. And my whole, my whole household was based on respect. 
we had a lot of we th we fought it out. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up fighting in my house, even just in my house, mm -hmm. for respect. Period. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I'm real I'm real big on respect mm -hmm. because we had to scrap. You you get out of line. You try to be funny. Try to play somebody. Trying to be disrespectful. You gonna fight. We gonna be. It's going to be a problem. I think all, all Jamaican niggas like that. My Jamaican niggas is like that, too. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a West Indian like thing. Yeah. yeah. They like so what, that. What, see, uh, I think the West Indian parents, they just instilled a different type of behavior. It's like... Mm -hmm. And then they wasn't even... They was working all the time, so they yeah. wasn't even around. Yeah, they, so right. guess what? It's Central Booking in the crib. <laughs> <laughs> it's like five boys... And you know everybody trying to either sun you or this or that or that. Get to that. the phone. Get to the fridge, bro. Video <laughs> phone <games>. too long. <laughs> phone check, nigga. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, son. Trust, <laughs> trust me. Five was on that phone too long, nigga. Five teenagers all in ranges. Everybody want the phone. Phone time is serious. Yeah, phone <laughs> check, nigga. You get that long ass cord stretched to the other. You trying to hide with the phone? Oh, yeah, niggas, phone. <laughs> niggas on the other. Niggas on the other get line the clicking phone, over. Man. Like yo, son, you've been on the phone, man. No, yeah, my nigga, hey, yeah. Shut up. yeah. <laughs> he's picking up the other line on you, Hell yeah. nah, bro. Yo, when you was on, when you was on tour, with, uh, did you ever battle any of the um, performers that you? Yeah, were on when, tour with? when did the battling stop? Yeah, um, I think the battling stopped pretty much when the record started. Oh, okay. Mm. Because by then it was like, I ain't wasting my time fucking around for free. Right. Because I never battled nobody for money. It was always respect. Right. You know what I'm saying? Other people say they battle for money and this. And around my way, we ain't had no money, you know what I'm saying, to be gambling and battling like right that. that. Right. And I never gamble, period. I know right. people play CeeLo and this and that and the third, but I ain't, I ain't a gambler. Yeah. Even now. I, I've been to Vegas, Atlantic City, all that. I don't gamble. Mm. I might have played with a little $5, $20, wasting some time. For my flight, but, but not gamble. I don't gamble, gamble. Like yeah. people be compulsive, like gambling hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars. No. I can't do that. The most gambling I probably did that was kind of gambling would probably be like when I used to go to DC and and like shoot CeeLo like in the hotel with like Don Poole. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Shout out to Don Poole. Yeah. Shout out to Don Poole, man. We used to just. Just for fun, shits and giggles after the show, but you know, have a little knot. Everybody, you know, gambling in the hotel, mm. little shit. Not no like no big game for thousands of dollars, maybe a couple hundred dollars, or whatever. Mm. That's probably the biggest gambling we ever did, and that was just as friends. Cause some of them times he brought us out there, right. you know what I'm saying. So I it was just on some, yeah, yeah. I watched the chop house money back. Right? You've been to chop, house? chop house, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been to chop house, man. That shit put me to sleep, boy. That that food good. That's a fact, yo. Yeah, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for them dumplings in the store now. Yo, it was any, there last anybody, night. Anybody, if you're ever in New York City, yes, yes, you're looking for like beautiful place, beautiful ambiance, and great food. Yeah. Brooklyn Chop House, and yep. I did not get paid for that. Either location. Either location. Either location. I love the shop. Well, house. no, the, the 40, 47, the Times Square location. Times Square location. Yeah, that's location. I've been there for a like Downtown is like more for meetings and drinks. Right. And the food is still great. Yeah. The food is All still I'm great, talking about is the food. Go for what you yeah. want to go for, but the yeah. food in either location. Everything, rice, fire. lamb, chop. And you never know who you're going to run into in that motherfucker. Neither. Facts. But you definitely might run into the East. 
Now yeah, I need the booth with that. the curtains pull up. Like, yeah, it's a fact. I'll be on some privacy shit. I am past all that. I leave it. I leave it open. I, I had an opportunity <laughs> coming to me because the curtains was open. And I was right. like, you know what? A lot of people come through here. I might as well just leave this open. Right, right. Fat Joe was walking through. He's like, Matt, what up? Mary J. Blanche, she having a birthday party downstairs. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I'm going yeah, there. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah I get so, you. I'll leave that shit yeah. open. We're not uh, used to hearing entertainers. I won't say you're antisocial, but you're definitely avoiding a lot of social. Yeah, nah, I'm antisocial at this point. Okay, I'm, at I'm this quiet. point right now, like, I mean, I've been there, done that, man. I've been like, I've had my privacy intruded on for 35 years, bro. Like, mm. you know, for me, it ain't so fun all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to talk to everybody. Mm. Not all the time. Mm. If I'm in the mode or I'm in a show or it's time for that, cool. But if I'm going to dinner with my wife, I don't want to see nobody. I don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. If I'm out on vacation, I'm doing shit. I'm on the beach. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear that. Right. You know, it's times when I'm cool. And, and sometimes even when I'm going to work, I go work and I bounce. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to be there for everything. I don't even need to see everybody. I've seen everybody already. Mm-hmm. I know everybody already. Like... I'm saying they know how to reach me. They got my math. We want to hook up, hang out, whatever. Holla. You feel but, like you feel like you desensitized to that type of interaction because you came into the game at such a young age? Yes, some, to some degree. But I always do enjoy seeing my loved ones. Okay. Certain people, I don't mind seeing at all. I don't mind chopping it up. But you know, for the most part, I don't even fuck with everybody like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think it's a May 16th thing. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, too. this motherfucker's the same way, man. <laughs> motherfucker. Maybe I'll be trying too. to pull him nah, out of the crib. Like, yo, come outside. He'd be like, nah, uh, Chad. A, a lot of people is just like too extra, man. They too yeah. wrapped up into this entertainment shit, man. Like, I'm not with all of that. This is a real world and a real life. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not for the showboating. I'm not for the foolery, the buffoonery. I never was. You know what I'm saying? I socialize, I go out, you know, whatever. I shake hands, I take pictures. I never told a fan, nah, for a picture. I take the picture because that's mm-hmm. what I'm, I signed up Good for. for. Right. I'm in the business. I don't want to be rude. But at the same time, I don't want to be, you know, overwhelmed by just being here, 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 here. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And having to talk to everybody. Everybody ain't got the greatest hygiene. You feel me? I'm not. Nah, man. I'm, I'm talking real facts. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, real shit, yeah, bro. So and I don't, I don't, I don't really like to just people all in your face talking a mile a minute, and you don't even want to hear that shit. You don't want to smell that shit. Like, you know, I love people, but I love myself too. Mm. I love my peace, my my peace of mind, and my privacy, man. Sometimes I want to just sit and chill and watch. I want to see a show too. Right. You know mm. what I'm saying? That's all. When did that switch flip? Years ago, you know what I'm saying? Maybe after 20 years, maybe. But I'm going on 35 now, so mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? At first, it's all fun. The attention is all great. You know, I'm loving it. I'm feeling it, especially with the ladies and this and that and the third. Oh, special ed, this and the third. But after a while, it's like, eh, I, you know, you can kind of forecast the stuff yeah, you can kind of like yes yeah, you really, see where it's going already right right i bought the plane yes i anticipate that stuff so 
it, it becomes like Ferris Bueller or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wake up every day to the same shit. Like, like you know, now it's really about, um, you know, how I can help change the landscape, change the narrative. You know what I'm saying? Do something productive for my people as opposed to just portraying a superstar, you know, portraying an entertainer, being ignorant. Mm. projecting ignorance and, you know, learned behaviors. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, even like, even the Playboy image. I mean, that shit is like, you know, you sometimes you out there abusing yourself, letting random women, you know, it's, it's just crazy. After a while, you have to really come to grips with, you know, what it is, what it is the yeah. reality of it. Yeah. It's, it's not all it's cracked up to be, you know. Yeah. It, it, you know, you see like Hugh Hefner, you see this one, you see that one, yeah. but then you come to realize what they was really doing and what, and, and what it's really about, you right. feel me? And not all of that shit is within my character, you know what I'm saying? I don't even want to be around everybody like that, you know what I'm saying? I'm very particular about who I'm around these days, you know, and for a long time now, but I'm just really coming to a greater realization of of my self-worth mm. and how I share that with others, my time, my energy, and even myself. Like, you know, I ain't laying up with nobody now. I'm married, but yeah. even before that, it was it's really a whole different mentality Definitely. on how I share myself with others and, you know, the women out there, what they after, what they intent is, et cetera. You know what I'm so saying? So you've been through a, a couple situations that kind of made you go... Oh, I've been through a lot of situations, even early. You know, I've been through the the paternity tests and that Oof. type of shit. You feel yeah. me? I done, yeah, <laughs> I done been through that shit. Yeah. Like, that shit ain't no joke. You women are tricky. You're a little tricky out there. Absolutely. I can guarantee they said, Ed is not the father. <laughs> right. But then I've also been through marriage, divorce. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So, you know, I've been through a lot of life lessons that kind of gave me perspective when I took things for granted or didn't see it the same way. Mm. Well, I want to get to those particular situations that help you develop this wisdom. We're going to take a five-minute break. <laughs> Youngest in charge. It's out. Mm -hmm. Gold. Even though they didn't count it. That's, that's what every, every place that you can look it up on, it says it was gold. Good. I right. Think I just need I my. Think plaque. I think it's way more than they that. They need though. to give me a motherfucking plaque. Finally, man, thirty-five years later, give me my fucking plaque. Damn, you still ain't get a plaque. Still though? ain't get a plaque, bro. That's crazy. Whoever watching this, give this man his plaque. Facts. Shit, crazy. That's crazy. BMI, ASCAP, whoever you motherfuckers are, give this man his plaque, man. But, Stop but playing. How can I be almost go the first year? And we 35 And nothing years else later. happens. That's what I'm saying. That I demand the recount. Multi-platinum at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah, I have to. I got to get a recount. Yeah, multi-platinum at this point. I demand a recount. Okay. Working on, on legal. Mm -hmm. What was the process? Well, the process was by that time I, had, I bought some equipment. So I was really into production at that time. You know, I had a little setup in my mom's crib. And uh, one of my brothers and myself was more so into the production at the time. And still, you know, loyal to Howie T, I mean, to this day. So it was really just about me getting a few joints in on the album with him. Mm -hmm. So 
I did some production and how we did the album, like, you know, like usual. That was my chemistry right there was how we tea. And um, he basically taught me all of that. He taught me how to produce. And by, back then, we had to use like five different machines, you know, got the sampler, the drum machine, the sequencer, the keyboard. Everything mm. was separate. Right. So, you know, that was a whole process in learning how to produce. You know, now everything is in one. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But back then, you had to understand MIDI, yeah. SMPTE, how to connect well, all the machines together, how to make them sync and play together right. and make music, you know, in that in that way. So, you know, how he taught me all that, you know, he, he had the patience and I, I had the time. I sat there and watched and asked questions. And then by that time, I started buying equipment after the first album. After my first check, I reinvested into my career, into my business. What did that first check look like? Um, probably like it was like a buck and change. It was like a hundred something thousand. It was supposed to be closer to five hundred thousand, but I went up there and pss, people thought I couldn't count. You feel me? Mm -hmm. If I'm going up there and I know my sales is close to five hundred thousand, I know I got like twelve points. You know, do the math. That's that's a half a million dollars. Right. So I'm going up there like, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm going to get it. I go up there and. I knew something was kind of funny because he made a slick comment talking about, man, I never had to pay somebody so young so much money. So I'm mm. like, man, you pay mm. me my money, man. Like, and he gave me the check and it said a hundred and something on it, like a 120 or something, 125. I was like, yo, this is a little short, man. Where the rest of my bread? And he was like, well, we got to figure some things out. And, you know, we had some expenses and this and that. And I'm still counting. I'm like, well, y'all ain't spend... Four hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, let's figure it out. You know what I'm saying? He must have thought I was playing. So, comes to, you know, time pass. I ain't getting my money, and I'm getting tight. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of money, especially for me. You know what I'm saying? Especially at that age and that mentality. You know what I'm saying? That's real. That's real hurt somebody money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking for my money. And um, I had to end up taking them to court hmm. and going through that process. So we went to court over that. And I ended up um, recovering some money. But by then, they went into all kind of claims. They had their books together, their expenses, you know, their fees, this, that, and the third for everything. They had the videos, everything. Everything was recoupable. Mm -hmm. So to me now... I'm looking at this whole thing like, damn, I'm doing all the work. I'm making all this music without y'all. Y'all not helping me make the music. Right. Howie's doing all the beats. We're the talent. We're the reason that they can sell 500,000 records. Right. You understand? And y'all not trying to pay us. So that's where I had the big problem. I felt like, yo, if I worked in Mickey D's for a year and they ain't never pay me, would I still be working there? You know what I'm saying? So the mentality was like, yo, they trying to drag me. They think I'm stupid. They trying to, you know, and then I already went through the ghostwriting scenario where they wasn't paying me for the for my work. Right. So I felt like, yo, this shit is all real shady. It's a matrix. Yeah. Right. So I wasn't really trying to have that no more. So we went to court over that. And um, they also had me wrapped into a situation where I had three albums, but they had an option each album, so it was really six. 
<clears throat> so I had to go to court, That's crazy. get that cut down. And, um, you know, they took advantage of a minor, not knowing the industry. And the court system don't know the industry either. Well, you were spending money to fight. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm spending the money they, they giving me <laughs> to fight. And they ain't even giving me all my money. money. Right. So right. it's like disrespectful. And, and that's how I started looking at the industry. Like, oh, y'all on some disrespectful shit. Y'all can't even give us the little percent y'all agreed to. Agreed agreed to. to. Right. right. And then not only y'all giving us the small percentage, but y'all want to recoup all the expenses. From that small percentage. From that small percent. So that's when I was like, nah, this shit ain't really cool. That's right. not how. And that's when I kind of changed my my passion for the shit change. You know what I mean? In terms of being on that label. You know, and I tried to, you know, get off. They didn't want to let me go. Um, I wanted to go over to Def Jam. I asked Russell and uh, Leo to get me off. They couldn't get me off. They couldn't even get Run DMC off. Because mm. that was Russell's brother. They, they was at war with them to get them off. Right. They couldn't get them off, so they was like, they got some ironclad contracts. Damn. Ain't no way out. So I was kind of stuck in the situation. I tried to make the most of it. Right. At the same time, though, you know, they had the control. Was they taking a percentage of your show proceeds? Nah. Not that, back then. No, it was all records. There was no 360. There was no merch. My merch was my merch. They had merch that they gave away for promo for free, like special ed. We had legal t-shirts. They gave those away. I took some on the road. Um, but nah, it wasn't like that. All my show was my, my money. Touring, that was all my money. Yeah. But um, but then sales was a big portion of your income. Right. But because um, the show money was like, well, what what was a rapper back then doing for a show? Shit, shows was alright. You know what I'm saying? But see, I had a big crew too. I had like three dancers, my hype man, my DJ, my road manager. At first, we started taking security too. Mm-hmm. So I had probably like seven, eight people on the road sometimes. So, yeah, it was challenging. Got to pay all of them. Yeah, got to pay everybody. So trying to make sense of that. So, you know, it was I, but, you know, after that kind of cut down, it made a little more sense. I was putting a little more money in my pocket. Then um, at one point when we went back to court, I felt like the management needed to go because they didn't look out for my best interests. Y'all put me in this deal. Y'all put me in this situation. So when I kind of got at the label, I kind of got at the management same time. Like, look, so I dissolved that agreement. So that, you know, then I, since then, I've never really signed back with a management. At all? At all, period. So I've been really managing my own shit for, for like forever. For the last at least 30 years, almost 30, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it worked. You know, I saved the 20%. You know, sometimes I probably could have um, gotten. See, because I'm, I'm less, I'm less on top of everybody type. Like I'm not in every party, every scene, every place. Social, I'm not, right. yeah, yeah. I'm not the social butterfly all the time. So, right. so you're you know, missing out on opportunities that yeah. somebody who is social would have would have been able to get a hold of. Yeah, a management. But see, 
you have to get a management that you can not just trust, but that has done something that could do more than I can do for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to go into a situation where they're learning curves and they learn in the business. Right. Like I already know the business. Get me somebody that's there. And I never really came across nobody that's there. But what I do is I always compensate people for any opportunities that they bring. So, you know, if people, I've given a lot of people chances to, you know, represent me in situations, like mm-hmm. almost like an open contract. Right. You know what I'm saying? So in that way, I've gotten a lot of opportunities and things that, you know, I might not have got on my own. But, you know, I, I pretty much navigated this industry on my own for a long time. And then I started booking other artists, like a booking agent. Mm-hmm. I started doing that and getting other people work getting them opportunities and shows and, you know, eating that way too. So almost like management, but not quite having to manage. Because to me, I don't even really want to manage nobody because I got to be responsible for their livelihood, their careers, their income. Mm -hmm. And I'm concerned about my livelihood, my income and, you know, my shows and stuff. So, you know, I just keep it at booking. So this way, if I have an opportunity for you, I got some income for you, cool. But I don't want to be responsible for your life and your, you know, kids and your family and all that. You feel me? So, you know, I've been doing that. That's been working out. Now I'm doing a lot of curating, a lot of uh, shows, putting together packages. Um, We're getting ready to put together some real big concerts this year, too, as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, It's been working out. You know, I like doing that because then... I get to still participate in, in the industry that I love, but I ain't really got to deal with all the headaches. Right. It's, it's headaches on a different level, but that ain't no headache for me. me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got people around that can handle shit. It's, it's kind of like managerial, but, you know, less stress. You right. know what I'm saying? So I just do that. And, um, you know, my artists, they, they, they love it. They love when I bring them opportunity. They always check for me. Y'all have what you got? You, got some, you know what I mean? And that's about it, man. Like I, I, I stay on that kind of plane right now. Now, if you aside from you basically creating the look of the Fresh Prince on a legal cover. <laughs> well, see, the profile did the that. First, the first, the first. Yeah, but but that wasn't my choice. Okay. Profile Records did that, and I actually didn't like it. I didn't want it. That wasn't my style at all, and actually. That was the first and last time that I allowed them to have a stylist there for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I got there, they had a rack full of clothes. I could deal with that because I could pick out what I like. Mm-hmm. But they had a stylist actually picking shit out for me. Right. And they even had makeup and all that shit. And I was like, nah, they had a guy fucking shave off my little baby mustache. I was like, yo, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, that was disrespectful. But, but, but you know, I'm chilling, and by the time I look, I'm like, oh, shit, bro, you cut my shit off? Anyway, they put me in these this gear and get up, and, you know, I'm trying to have fun. I'm doing a little photo shoot, this, whatever, but then when it comes time to pick out the album cover, I didn't approve of that. I told them, yo, I don't want that picture. That shit look fucking silly. Why you, you know? And they was like, well, that's what the, that's what the, they'd like and this and that. I was like, well, I don't. How about that? I don't want it. Right. Change the shit. I picked out some other pictures. 
and they ended up using it against my will. And I was mm. heated about that. And this was already when we was at odds about the bread. Right. So now it's about how y'all trying to paint my image. Right. So now, was all that the reason why it took so long for your third album to come out? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was a lot of uh, bad energy. And plus, we had to go through court. We had to go to court. I sued him twice. I sued him twice. We've been to court twice. And at each time, did, did, did you recover money that they owed you? Um, the first time, yes. And the second time was more so finalizing our status. You know what I'm saying? Finalizing things like, okay, this is the relationship will end here. This is what you are to receive, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But through all of this, though, they still have administration of the publishing. So even though I still have mm. half of my publishing, they're the ones out there doing all the, the licensing and signing off and collecting all the monies. But the check still comes to you? No, the check goes to them. They're doing the admin. Right. So it's like they get the money and then they're supposed to pay me. But you. But I still have to like reach out for yeah. my shit. Like, yo, it's not automatic, right? It's then not automatic. Sending it right. over to you, right. right? So just dealing with that. And nowadays it's different because everything is like smart contracts. Everything is like digital. You know, letters of direction. You know, everybody gets paid directly. Back then it wasn't. They're Back not really then, cutting checks like that now. Nah, and and they they had royalty periods for like six to nine months. Mm. So you had you six know, to nine months. To you had to wait between pay, between yeah. pay. Yeah. Wow. So you know a lot was different, and that shit is like, like I said, would you work at McDonald's for six months before you get your check? You feel me? Because at that point, that's what it felt like. Like nigga, I'm working fast food over this bitch. Like where my bread at? <laughs> right. And um, it just gets you to looking at things different. So when you see the glamour. You see TV, you see this one and that one. You know what I'm saying? It ain't all it's cracked up to be. You know, a lot of times it's a fight to make sure you're getting what you deserve. So essentially you're, you only get half your publishing from the label, right? And all the licensing and stuff they do where your record is out on Target commercials or Old Navy commercials, movies, Whatever yeah, the case. My shit was in the GTA. Is that a game? The game? The, the, yeah. the Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah it right. was. My shit was in there too. Yeah, that's a fact. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, so they doing all these deals and. And you have to reach out to them to make sure you get your bread. Correct. So mm. now with the 35th oh, year. It was in. um, No, which GTA was that? I think uh, it was. The one with Homeboy from, from, from Grove, Grove Street? Is that the one? I remember what year though, because everybody was calling me, telling me, you know, every the San, time San Andreas. Yeah, that San was like Andreas. that was like 2010, 2009. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I remember yeah. changing the every station. Every time I sit it somewhere, my people tell me they right. hear my shit. My people tell me they hear somebody saying my lyrics. They tell me, yo, boop, 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 boop. So I, I get calls. That's crazy. I get messages every time somebody infringe. So now with the. The 35th year, like your, your shit is about to expire where they got to give you everything back. That's right. So that does that apply to the publishing as well? That's right. That applies to everything. All so my shit come back to me. Next Copyright. year? Copyright. Yeah. That's right. I'm, mm. in the, I'm in the period right now. We're in discussions of the reversion right now. 
okay, I'm at that time. You. You know. good, for, good for you. Yeah, good no, but it's yeah. Yeah. no. This is this is extraordinary. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's great, but this is a lesson, though. Oh yeah, this is a lesson to all of these artists. Absolutely. What's the lesson? Every every episode is a lesson to all the artists. Yeah, I mean it is, but I mean what we're speaking about at this point in time, like special edits here, a legend who's speaking about the ills of the game. Look, the shit that took place. I remember Q Tip sat there. Same deal. How, how many others? All of them. All, we haven't had an audience. Dress, Dress, Black Sheep. Dress, and, and, and shout out to Dress, but I heard that they they um, they they shut down that lawsuit. Did they? Oh, wow. Yeah. Word? Yes. So that, that's that's a tragedy. Dress, reach out. If, that's reach a tragedy. Out. Give that's us the crazy. details. Reach out. Because you, you hear this man's music all over the place, but you know what See, I mean? See, this is the problem now. You have these major labels, and they still exist. But what they've done now is that they run all the streaming platforms. Right. right. So instead of record sales now, they collect all their royalties from the streams and then they pay you a fraction of a penny. Yeah. Right. So they're making millions of dollars a day. I'm talking about they're making millions of dollars per day, but they only paying out fractions of a penny. That's why he won't put it nothing on DSP. Yeah, that's why I don't, don't have none any, of his music. Just in case you didn't know, if you was looking for it, none of none of my new stuff is on the DSP. Just that's, go on YouTube. It's still a bad ass. Yeah. Still a bad You want that album, contact me. Well that's it's, it's worse, actually. This is my point. My point is they taking y'all into a new age of slavery that y'all feeling the technology side of it. But the economic side, you know, ain't really yeah. is making no fucking sense. It's going backwards. Yeah. You get less, you might as well put out CDs again. Right. You and might I, as well put out records. And that's something I feel like, why, why did that stop? Technology, the plan. They knew what they was doing. They seen it happen with the MP3. The lime wire and all with that With all stuff. of that Pirating. shit. Right. And they said, okay, well, how can we control this? We can own the fucking platform. Streaming. Streaming, publishing. See, it's being broadcasted, so there is a residual. There are rights, publishers' rights, royalties, and writers' rights. Like there's, you know, there's money to be had. Any anything that's broadcasted, just like any video, TV, that's why when people put all this stuff up on social media, that's content that is a digital asset. It has value. It has video, it has audio. All those things require compensation for them to be broadcasted. Yeah. However, when we use some of these platforms, we sign, we click our rights away. Giving it I away accept. for free. Right, you click, I Terms accept, I accept. Now, you have no control over the monetization of it. Mm. And they do. So that's what we're not really seeing or mm -hmm. didn't get to a full understanding. And now the whole world is literally giving away all their rights to their digital assets, to these platforms. This is the question I always have, right? Let's say for you, for instance, right? You got over 930-some thousand subs, right? Mm -hmm. And what's stopping a person from creating their own private streaming link to their own website where they have their own music, their own content? Technology and, and how when you can create your own you can, you can create your yeah, own well, website. Well, that's what Literally. they have to do now. They have to be able to integrate the technology into monetizing it themselves, and that costs money. 
and then to tie the advertisers in. And, you know, I've been talking to some developers, some powerful black leaders um, in technology and trying to see how we can kind of balance the scales right now because right now everything is owned by the majors. All those platforms, all the streaming is controlled. So how do we get into that game? How do we get to participate in the lion's share? So these are the things I'm looking into. That's why I don't even put out music no more. I don't participate. I'm going to go from bad to worse. Right. Bro, I wasn't with the bullshit before. <laughs> right. So I'm definitely not going to be with the bullshit right now just to get likes and clicks. And, you know, I'm not with that shit. So, But, but didn't Kanye... I don't know if y'all, yeah, well, the, y'all the should remember player. this. Kanye the put out a, was a stem to be player. The answer to that, right? Well, and see, put out his own music, and it was like sold out very quickly. Yeah, but you you have to be. You're asking people to take extra steps, and you're asking a generation to take extra steps that's already used to taking less steps than we took before. How was it extra steps if you already have the following? Because that no, you're asking the generation of fans to take extra steps. If you have Mecca, if you have a website, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you have Mm mechanismmondays.com, right? You got over three hundred thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel. Automatically jump. You've automatically jumped past. Go ahead, but I'll let you finish. Yeah, let me finish. I got you. So you you got over three hundred thousand subscribers. Let's say on YouTube or some other platform, you're doing about one point four million streams on a listening aspect on Spotify, on Apple Music, this platform, that platform. You tell your Followers, listen, if you want to get any more exclusive content, go to this private stream, streaming link right here that's on my Instagram bio, mm-hmm. that's on my YouTube bio, that's on here, that's on there. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. At, finish the question. What's stopping us from doing that? No, Nothing is stopping you. From setting However, up. is it a plan that works? Why wouldn't try. y'all use other people's oh, platforms? Hold on, hold on, now, hold on. Let's think about this. Uh, Ryan Leslie came out with an app that was direct to consumer, artist consumer. You could even see how many fans that you you have in a state to book a show and mm-hmm. book your own show mm-hmm. and invite all of them personally. Have you heard anything about this? I'm going to negate that with Joyner no, Lucas, with LaRussell. Have you heard? No, I haven't. But when you look at all La of the- LaRussell stuff is on. on streaming platforms. You know that, right? But the whole thing is and that man too. started by doing um, shows in his backyard, bro. We, okay. we created a following. There's a lot of different grinds. But what, what you get into and what has to happen is all artists have to follow suit. Right. Because if you have 95 or 98% of the artists- still conforming to slavery, they don't know they're free right That's now. How you was, feel me? That's what I was about and, to tell you. <laughs> and, and if your consumers are not, you know, these not are people who are to doing something music, different, right. they all steps. go into the same platforms to get music from 95% of the artists. So why are they going to go now and buy your little player Extra or buy steps. your device or go subscribe to them? Fan, if they're a fan, they would. Yeah, fans, yeah, yeah they got it. They'll like get that. some fans that <laughs> will do that. Yeah, there are fans that do that. In order for but, there to be change, everyone has to move in together. that direction. The, right. the, the, short, the short answer to your question is Spotify is more popular than my link. I just, I just, I just deeply, I just deeply believe that there 
is example of artists out there that we love right now who are independent, right? Of course they, hold on, Ooh. they use the streaming platforms to get the notoriety, right? But they're at the same time, they're independent. They're not signing no major labels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but being on the streaming platform is you signing to those labels because the labels own the streaming platforms. Platform. And you're still getting a percentage. Right. So of, let's of say, your for work. instance, a Sony, they make millions of dollars per day from streaming. Mm. While you, as an artist, probably make a few cents per stream. No, you make a fraction of a penny per stream. But while they're making millions of dollars a day, what are you making in that day? Five cent, 25 cent, a dollar 25? With a lot of spins. That's crazy. A lot of right. spins. You come EDS up with $4. Spins, all that shit. You know when I knew it was up? Remember that song, um, Happy? Yeah. Uh, Pharrell said he made $700 from that. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. No, so I'm not jacking that, bro. How? From what? He made seven hundred dollars from Happy for Rail Williams of the Neptunes. You Are you fucking crazy? Made seven hundred where? In the streams. Nah, nah. Leave nah. it in the comments, man. No, I don't. I don't I'm, I'm sorry, bro. I can't believe that. Well, happy that should have streamed. Yeah, that should have right It should have made more revenue in streams than that. I'm yeah. However, at the time he, he there's spoke a point to that. At well, the time there's a point on it. How much? How much it generated? But it should have been way more than that. Yeah. At that point, like but, the fact well, see, that he was beefing about, and that song was everywhere. That's what. That's what I'm. And I didn't. I didn't research it at all at that point. Streaming was fairly new to me specifically, but the fact that he said that about that song that I could not fucking escape. All right, fuck it. Everybody invest in streaming farms. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Everybody invest in streaming farms because it seems like there's no way out. Unless you're doing what the stuff that you're talking about. You're booking people, you're getting people shows, you're getting uh, the artists out there in front of the consumer. In well, contrast pathways, to it being virtual. It's really all about what other things you bring to the table, like merch. Right. It's a business. Yeah. You know, everybody's a, a brand. So yeah. whether you have shows going on, got it. Apparel, yeah, merchandise, things to support your product that mm. are tangible products that people can purchase. Those are other streams of revenue. Right. But as far as the actual music, they made it hard out here for a pin. Right. I was wrong. I got you. I was wrong. I knew I was right. Pharrell made only $2,700 in songwriting royalties from 43 million plays of Happy. Damn, that's crazy. That's still crazy. So, so that's, that's wow. the point. But the label... It really ain't no difference. You're right, man. It really ain't no difference. <laughs> well, how many streams I'm sorry, it had? 43 million. 43 okay, million. so out of those 43 million, there's a real royalty rate that the labels collect per spin. Mm. But you ain't getting none of that. You, you don't getting, even know how much You're getting pennies to the dollar. Right. You're getting right. pennies. You don't, you don't even know the total sum. Yeah, you don't even know. That's right. fucked because up. Because it not varies out. from day to day. Guru explained it to us. It's about how many people, how many artists are actually in the pool. They're all splitting a percent. The more come in, the more that number gets busted up. So, so that's what it's all about. He explained it to us. Go back and watch the episode with Guru. I know it's long as hell. Yeah. But go back and watch that episode. He actually explained the entire thing. He didn't agree with it. He's not cool with it. But he actually explained to you how it works. And it, it's hmm. in an episode. Go back and watch the Guru episode. That's crazy. It's right there. Hmm. 
Well, that's the whole point, man. It's like modern day slavery for real, for real. Like mm -hmm. we're all working to make these people millions of dollars every day. They getting rich hand over fists and we better go do some shows or sell some merch. Merch mm -hmm. actually get, got a lot of niggas rich too. Well, it got you something, but it doesn't get you what they get. Like, yeah, you never, you don't, you don't, you don't, you can't keep up. They're built, they built the game. They're not supposed to build it to benefit anybody else but them. That's, that's why my I keep trying to explain to people. That's my question now. Like, they have a lot of new artists, right? Mm -hmm. And they all acting super rich. Where are they getting this bread from? You understand? They got the money like this, the money like this. Where y'all getting all this bread from that y'all disposable cash like that? That's not from streaming. Well, there's a lot of merch sales. There's a lot of show. What you're looking at is a lot of show money. Show money. A lot of merch sales, which adds up little other endorsements that they managed to get their Walk hands throughs. on, which wasn't really popping in the 80s and Walk 90s. Walkthroughs, appearances, Walk features. Features, appearances, features, which is a they lot have, of cash. They actually have to work cash. twice, the, 10 times as hard to, to equal up to to have the same type of success as a rapper in the 90s. Mm -hmm. mm. There you go. Moving a they lot more They're working harder instead of smarter. But then, well, I mean, and now let's not, let's not forget that there are other avenues open to them to getting to the bread. You got turned down for an endorsement deal, but Travis Scott, Travis Scott has a uh, McDonald's. He's got his own sandwich. Right. He had, a show, he had a show on Fortnite. Yeah. Then there's that. And it's like video, the whole video game world. So the commercial world is now open to more endorsements and deals with artists. Because right. everybody to wants to get, everybody to wants to make more. Everybody wants to increase their bottom line. And it's not about what we need to remember. Is it, It's never about, for them, it's never about culture. It's always about business. You're a cultural advocate. The things you do, the way you talk, the way you get down between the community, mental health, and the way you advocate for generations, your generation and before, you're a cultural advocate. You care about culture first. I've heard the beefs that you had with the whole 50th anniversary thing, mm -hmm. right? That's all cultural. You were upset because there are a lot of people from outside coming into the culture and making a lot of money and not spreading it the way they should have. Well, what, what was an example of that? An example are these concerts that they put on and they charge in the audience like a million dollars a ticket <laughs> right and then they're only putting certain artists on the bill like there's plenty of artists that contributed to this 50 years of hip-hop that are right here even in the city because right. it started here but they're not even doing that like i ain't even barely see curtis blow you know what i'm saying that type of thing like right. um much less myself because it ain't really about me it's about once again, the culture. So if you're celebrating the culture, let's see the culture. There's a lot of artists they don't even call on because they don't feel that they are uh, marketable or, or relevant, relevant now. Right. You understand? Or even relevant in history. There's a lot of people that are a big part of history they're not even talking about. You feel me? So that's the thing. And if you're going to do it, do it for real. You're going to tell a story, tell the real story. You're going to try to write history, speak facts. You know what I'm saying? So that's my thing. So it's really just the continued financial abuse. You know, right. just putting the money where you see fit. 
where you think who deserves it, who can sell out these seats. Right. You know what I'm saying? The story. Like, they did some shit on um, television, something televised. Like, it's really based on who's curating it. And some people is just still haters. You understand? Some people want to own shit. Some people want to put their name on everything and act like they are the culture. Right. You know, they want to act like they are the goats when they actually the Baphomets. You don't understand what I'm saying? Hmm. So, so hmm. we got to understand that part. So, hmm. um, specifically, what are the misinformation well, or what were the, 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 the misguided information that you observed? Well, just the way they um, put these packages together and put these tickets together and don't call half of the people that really had an impact in this. Mm -hmm. And then the lowballing them. You know you're charging people $1,000 a ticket, but you want to pay these artists a fraction of what they even do shows for regularly. Mm. Know what I'm saying like they came, people came to me, offer me half of what I charge. I'm like, for what? Y'all got this sold out shit popping. Y'all charging a million bucks. You feel me? And then there's you know, actors and performers that you know maybe they was on strike or some shit. You know maybe Hollywood shut down for them, so now they want to pop up on the scene. Hey, we here. It's the fiftieth. Get all the money we can. And mm. then the minute the fucking strike mm. is over, oh, we back to work. You Fuck feel me? Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so there's that part too. You know what I'm saying? So I've seen people come with their back end and they money people and try to brand everything and, you know, monopolize the genre. Are you talking about anyone specifically? I'm talking about a lot of people specifically, but I ain't gonna sit here and, <coughs> you know, be a hate or throw shade or they know who the fuck they are. You feel you, me? You think it's it's hate to to correct uh, those people? I correct them when I see them. Okay, fair enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I ain't gonna choose a platform to be like slandering or slanderous. Yes. And actually, I've reached out on a personal level to some of them, so I kind of know where they at already. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I know who didn't respond. So I get it, but you know, it ain't about airing people out. It's about letting people know what is happening and how it's happening right. so that there's no mystery. You feel you know, me? Speaking of Guru, like we did before, yeah. he was very adamant on saying the name of the boogeyman. Yeah, because you, you, can't, you can't, Not, fight, can't fight the boogeyman. Can't fight they. When you say the name mm -hmm. and you can point a finger, you can pick out dates. You could grab information and be like, ha, I, I, you're I, the culprit. Yeah, well, you know I mean? well, see, these people move in their own circles and their own shit. When I see them, I'm, I'm going to put my finger in their face. You feel me? I ain't got no problem with that, but I ain't, you know, I ain't going to sit around and use platforms to call people out and say names and blah, blah, blah. That's, you know what I mean? I'd rather just tell a motherfucker to his face. Nigga, you fake. You feel me? That that doesn't affect their bottom line. Well, yeah. And, well, I ain't really trying to. That's why things don't change. Yeah, you know what though. That's why yeah. things don't change. Yeah, but I ain't trying to affect everybody's bottom line. I'm just letting motherfuckers know I know. I right. see you. I see you. You feel me? You still fake. You still don't write your own shit. Hmm. 
never did. You feel me? There's a difference between an artist and a performer. Facts. There's great performers. Facts. Right. They dance. I don't know. They wear great costumes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to check, check off names <laughs> with the description. Like, is they wear, they yeah, wear great he said, costumes. He said actor. He said, uh, uh, okay, check don't them all off. Shit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. I have an idea. I have an idea also. There's a, there's a bunch of people. You could, there's a bunch of ideas. There's people that are performers and there are people that are artists. You know what I'm saying? There are people that claim to be the best and there's people that are the best. <laughs> you understand? So it is what it is. They just got to take it for what it is. Right. Mm. All right. So getting back, uh, third album drops. Yeah. You're out of contract right after that, that yeah, was my last obligation album is with up. them. Yeah. What are the options on the table? Well, really, it was supposed to be the, what it ended up in court was they were supposed to get another album after that, four. So instead of six, they cut it down to four. But there was an option after three that if they didn't want to pay this amount for number four, that they got we got to part ways. So I had to go through that process and wait to see if they was going to stick around or part ways. And then we all agreed amicably to part ways. So we parted ways. Mm -hmm. And the thing for me was, shit, I'm free of this bullshit. Mm -hmm. So I took my freedom and my time and my life back. You know what I'm saying? I had kids, raised my kids. You feel me? Stuff like that. So I was getting into just real life. So what we got to realize, man, is we grow up in this entertainment industry, but... This a real world. This world ain't no on TV. This shit ain't for TV. TV emulates life. You know what I'm saying? But um, I've always lived my life. I've always took um, extra steps to make sure that I'm living my real life and not just out here fronting for TV or fronting for a magazine or fronting for clout. You understand? Because when I go out here and walk down the street, shit is real. My people I grew up with, it's all real. My kids, they hungry, that's real. You feel me? My parents, they real. God bless them, they still alive. Right. Mm. So I take life for real. I don't take life for a show or for content. You know what I'm saying? What, what's, what's real is special ed? <clears throat> What's real <clears throat> is being. <clears throat> Hold on. <clears throat> Hold on. <clears throat> I asked that last question though because I'd heard uh, Dr. Dre wanted to sign you at some point. <clears throat> yeah. I flew out to LA. Hold on. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, I flew out to L.A. <clears throat> and I stayed about three months out there. And um, I was waiting to get the deal done. With Dre? Yeah. <clears throat> he had just started Aftermath. And um, he was going through his 
I guess, trials and tribulations of getting that up and running. And my daughter's birthday, that's real. My daughter's birthday was coming up and I wanted to go back home to see her. And I remember now I made a mistake. I did a, a interview where I said that when I went home, Tupac died, but it was actually Biggie. Because I remember, because <clears throat> I was at the Lamontrose, and when I left the Lamontrose, Biggie was coming into the Lamontrose. Mm. So he was staying there when I was leaving. Mm. He was coming in. And when I got home, I was chilling, and then the news came out that he got killed. So it was actually Biggie. Wow. Mm. And that kind of fizzled the deal. Because the tension, mm -hmm. everything going on, and they just assassinated Biggie on the West Coast. Yeah, you're an East Coast rapper. Right. Yeah. So the deal fell through, and it was like fucked up, but it was more fucked up that Biggie died. Yeah. So that happened. And... um. You know, that was my experience with that. But I can say that, uh, I, I don't know how, how long after, but I ended up moving to L.A., bought a house out there in Burbank, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I was living in L.A. for like three years. You like it out there? Yeah, it was nice, <laughs> but it was different. Right. It was different in terms of I didn't have family. I had, you know people that I associated with, but family is important. Mm. Did you even still want to rap at that <clears> point? <throat> like I, I hear a lot of, I'm done with it, I'm like enough, I don't right. even listen to it anymore. Right. At that point in the Dr. Dre deal, did you still <clears throat> want to rap? Or was it when the deal fizzled, it was like, all right, I'm, I'm good? Well... I think by that time, the industry shifted, the temperature shifted. I was more into the business. I was like, I'm going to go do some business. Mm -hmm. So I moved to Cali. Oh, and that's I was, what sparked, okay. yeah. what sparked the move. Yeah. yeah, that's what sparked the move. <clears throat> and um, I did some stuff. I did some TV, a little bit of film. And, um, but I'm not an actor. You mm -hmm. see, I never was really an actor. I took some roles because they were presented to me. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't really with the theory of going in a room to read the same part against 30 other dudes. Mm -hmm. Fighting for a part. If mm -hmm. something was for me, I'd take it and do it. Right. I can knock it out. But I didn't feel like competing in that arena in that space right. yeah because i felt like i'm already good at what i do mm -hmm. i've already established myself as a successful artist so i'm not gonna start over and try to be a struggling actor you feel me fair mm -hmm. enough and then i'm not doing no funny style shit out there in hollywood either you know what i'm saying so i was like i'm cool on that and um i think i just wanted to be closer to family I was having another child, which would have been, which is my third, my youngest. 
and um, we didn't have any help. Hmm. So it was, you know, moved back to the East Coast. So I ended up going to Florida and got a crib out in Florida, South Florida. And, um, you know, moved out there for a while. But, um, you know, overall, it was a cool experience. I got to at least experience living on the West Coast and seeing for myself who was with you, who was, you know, it opened my eyes to some reality. And that part of reality was like, it ain't a lot of people out there just willing to help you. Hmm. Because you got to think now, there's a lot of artists that started doing successful shit. And um, I mean, doing movies. Cuba's doing movies. Latifah's doing movies. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about producing movies. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Having production companies. Mm -hmm. And they wasn't just, you know, putting you on. Like, has there been any rappers in the Ice Cube movie? Yeah. Who? Sticky Fingers was in Friday. Okay, well that's cool. Niggas that was in rappers that was in the movies. All right, well see, I didn't really see too many people being put on in movies with other artists. Like I didn't see any rappers in any Will Smith movies. Hmm. Latifah put some people on. I seen right. some rappers in her right. stuff. Right. right. You understand? But even then, we was great friends. I was out there and, you know, really ain't getting no opportunities to do nothing. I'm like, well, these is all my peoples. What's up? You know what I'm saying? So at that point, I felt like, you know what? I ain't chasing that shit anyway. Hmm. Let me go ahead and go do me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that was the end of me doing the whole Hollywood thing. You know what I'm saying? And um, I moved back to the East Coast, moved back to South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. Got a crib out there in Coral Springs. Nice little area. You know what I'm saying? Just doing my thing. Right. Laying so I, on the grass. Yeah, just um, basically, yeah, living my reality, not chasing a fantasy, mm -hmm. not chasing other people. Mm -hmm. You understand? I'm not going to be running behind nobody, you know, trying to get a break. You know what I'm saying? So I just do me. You know, I just followed my path, my destiny. You know what I'm saying? And that's how that turned out. But yeah, I lived out there for a while, um, even after the deal fell through with Dre, just because I liked it out there. I was like, all right. Even in lieu of the killing pot, killing pig, I still gave it a chance. You know what I'm saying? I moved my whole family out there. Like I said, and bought a house. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, it was all right for a while. But after you know, my family grew, it was like, well, we gonna need some other family, some mm -hmm. not just being support. Yeah, family yeah. support. That was real. That's real. Right. Having family support to help with the kids, take some pressure off sometime. Even just for them to have family. Right. Be around family. Cousins you know? and stuff. Yeah, like cousins, yeah. aunts, uncles, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, grandmothers, grandparents, you know what I'm saying? At some point things became different. I remember back in the days, you'd have like a cousin in this building, an aunt down the block. Like right. Everybody was, everybody stayed close. And at some point, it just became, 
this right. person over here doing anything, this person over here doing anything, you talk to them maybe twice a year. Well, that was the thing that was missing when we moved to the West Coast because I didn't have a single relative. Actually, I had an aunt and uncle that lived in San Diego. So I drove out there to see them. Mm. But, you know, that was like few and far between. Right. So I think I felt like my children needed more family around in their lives. And we needed more family support as a family. Right. So we just ended up going back to the East Coast. But, um, you know, since then I've been back and forth, you know, for work regularly, yearly, annually. I just actually came back from L.A. like the whole month of uh, October, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? I was out there probably about the whole month. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I still go back, but just out of out of a an experience, just going to experience what it's like being out there and what type of support I would get from my peers. Right. You know what I'm saying it was it was an awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't as close as you thought you were. Well, you know. When it comes to professional livelihood Privacy. and you know that sort of thing, I I thought it would be a little more, you know, a little tighter. You feel right. me? That kind of help is an investment. Not everybody's got it to give. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, when they help somebody, they need to see that come back. And if they don't, if they don't, if it's not, if if the ROI isn't look is looking a little shaky, sometimes they won't do it. Mm. Uh, and if you didn't want to audition against anyone else, though, that you, your heart like wasn't really, really in it. Yeah, you're not really there. Well, yeah, because I'm I'm not an actor primarily. I'm not an actor. Right. I can act. I can't. I got energy. I got passion. I got a personality. Right. But that's you know that but, that's not. But sometimes people look for something in them and someone else mm -hmm. to 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 be like, yeah, we could, you know. And if it's like you're not really on that time, it's like it's like somebody, somebody, uh, uh, one of your cousins or something come to you and be like, "Yo, why don't you put me on one of your records?" But they don't really write raps. They don't. They, they didn't don't put really in the sing. time that right. you put in. You yeah. know what I mean? Right, right. You'll look at it like you'll be like, "All right, <laughs> maybe." Yeah, but it's just like endorsements now. You're mm. a rapper. You're an artist. You famous. It makes sense. Yeah. For your fan base, your following, for your film. You know, they were doing a lot of movies where they were throwing rappers in there, yeah. putting artists in there, and it helped to increase sales and the popularity of right. a film. Right. So, yeah, on one side, but on the other side, we brought something to the table. I brought special ed to the table. Right. You know what I'm saying? With all the fans. You understand? So, you know... It's debatable. Would you yeah. would you still are you still interested in acting in something? If there's something there that's for me, I don't mind. Like I said, I don't mind, but I'm not chasing that shit down. I'm right. Not. But what's what's for you? Somebody say, yo, I got this role, be perfect for you. Right. Or yo, I got this movie. If you wanna part. be the cartel king, or you want me cartel no, no. <laughs> with Tommy, <laughs> you the plug. I'm not. Nah. <laughs> I'm not doing nothing that's going to be, excuse me, um, destructive 
in a certain sense. You know, gotcha. ain't nothing wrong with a cartel movie, this or that, but there's a lot of funny shit tied up into that too. I got you. And I ain't really got nothing against funny people, but I ain't promoting certain things. You feel you. me? I'm not right. going to be with promoting certain things. I see a lot of shit on TV where it's real questionable. I don't even really watch TV like that, but when I glance at it, it's like, the fuck going on here? Right. Mm -hmm. And I can't do that. Yeah. I got you. You know what I'm saying? It seems like all, which leads us to where we are now, it feels like all of these experiences from being the youngest boy in the house to being the youngest in charge and, and doing all this stuff in school and getting all this abuse and going through all this stuff super early brings us right back around to where you are now with SEAL. Right. And you advocating for children, advocating for the community to help them avoid the things that you witnessed and went through firsthand. Exactly. And that's really the main point and why I started SEAL, which is Special, Special Ed, Ed Arts, Arts and, and Literacy. literacy. Mm -hmm. So the main point was because I wanted to help the younger generation, for one, to understand the meaning of real life and not follow fiction. Mm -hmm. You understand? And then a lot of them are born into this newer age where all they see is reckless behavior surrounding our culture. And that's not what our culture was founded on. It was founded on, you know, love, unity, you peace, know what I'm saying? Unity, Pe yeah, having fun. Yeah, right. peace, love, unity, having fun. So they need to understand that. If they don't know that, they're going to think this is the way. This is the life for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's not. So that's why I try to go and reprogram them to understand what this is about and look for that in it and learn to discern between the ratchet shit and the positivity. Right. And just try to put back some positivity in their minds because they're looking at everything like drama, like mm. clout, clout chasing, like violence. And um, that's what I do with SEAL. And then telling them my story because a lot of the, their school age, I started at school age. So I show them how you can make the right decisions and still be successful. Mm -hmm. You can go out here and choose to do the right thing and still be successful. You don't have to, you know, do crime. You don't have to sell drugs. You don't have to be this way or that way to appease anybody. You can be yourself and um, you can be morally upstanding and still be successful. That seems like an uphill battle, though. Shout out to D1. D1 just got finished actually pointing out how it can be better and how things... Yeah, but it's your approach. you got to understand, like, okay. Um, someone who's never had to sell drugs, to take care of their family, wouldn't understand someone selling drugs take care of their family because mm -hmm. that was never an option to them. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, I come from a generation where I perfectly understand all of it. Right. Totally. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, I understand from 
the drugs, to the crime, to the grimiest shit. I'm from that place right. on the Ave. But I never brought that into music. Mm. I was, like mm. I said, I done went through shit before my first record. I had a record. I had a record before a record. Right. I never said nothing about it. I never mentioned it in my career. I never mentioned it on wax. I never talked about it as an artist right. because I don't have to perpetuate or push that out to the public. But, but was that the state of, of the industry that you were in at the time? No, they had artists that chose to. They had artists that chose to talk about the grimy shit. Right. Artists that wanted to appear hardcore. Right. When they was not, you understand? They just had a persona. That, mm -hmm. A persona that they wanted to, to push out there. Yeah. Period. But they, there were plenty of personas. Right. Just no, some of them were dangerous. That's true. That's true, though, because... Dangerous uh, to listen, the listener. Listen to how many... How many no, dangerous uh, to an imitator. Listen to right. how many Not guests we had up here. Up because here. someone at our age listen right. to this music. We're not going outside like, yeah, I want to do that too. It's dangerous to the to to the to the youth because they listen and imitate. Well, that's why I go out there and I dispel those images and notions. Right. I let them know that they're doing this to make money. You know what I'm saying? They're doing this. And the problem is that it's influencing the youth to behave that way and to react that way. They don't know how to conversate anymore. They don't know how to have a debate peacefully. They don't mm -hmm. know how to agree to disagree. They go straight to violence. They go straight to a harsh reaction. Right. And we're just trying to correct that from an early age. From the same age they pushing the bullshit is the same age I'm pushing the right message mm -hmm. to counteract it. Just so they can see there's a real difference and somebody's addressing it. Somebody's telling you. You know what I'm saying? Because if nobody tells you, then you grow up with the one perception, one story. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going out there as someone that has experienced it. On both sides, I've experienced the real harsh realities of life, but I've never brought that into music. I never rapped about that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I never rapped about my life experiences. So, so you, do you feel like, all right, you didn't rap about your life experiences. So were you personifying a different character? I was personifying positivity a positive light, a positive frame of mind. I was actually manifesting positivity. Mm -hmm. I was manifesting empowerment. I was manifesting wealth. Mm -hmm. That's what I was doing. Because surely at 15 years old, I did not have an island. I did not have 74 <laughs> I did not have a car, much less every other month. Right. You understand? Right. But I manifested these things with my messages. Right. And when people heard it and repeated it, they also manifested, manifested these that. Things, so. The same success, the right. same, you know, the same things. Right. 
So that was the point and the purpose. But you have to also understand now, that was a time in the age of public enemy, Queen Latifah, who you calling a bitch? Now I'm a bad bitch. Mm. You understand? Right. So, and that was fight the power and talking about the problems within our political system and the government and the, you know, jail pipelines and shit like that. Now they invested in fucking privatized prisons. You understand? I said that on a, on a record recently. Um, there you go. These new rappers ain't hitting, but we going platinum in private owned prisons. Exactly. So it's just about, you know, it's a way to talk about these things consciously and socially, but not glorifying it. You understand? Mm -hmm. Public Enemy spoke about real atrocities, the crack epidemic, without glorifying it. Mm -hmm. You understand? So when you, when you send a message out to the masses and you're influential to your people, your culture, and your family, you have to be sensitive about how you do that. That's all. You know what I'm saying? And also, too, you know, you got to be realistic about real life because you can't be trying to still be ignorant just because somebody is trying to be positive. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean? Like, I hear people talking about feeble threats and laughable shit all because people pointing out reality and positivity. You're, are you talking about um, the NWA situation? Even that, that's one example. Or D1 music with Rick even, Ross and all of that. Yeah, yeah even, even that. I mean, once again though, it is kind of how you say things or how you approach things. Yeah. Because you can't chastise a grown man right. publicly. Okay, well, that's the thing that's, now. That's just period. Like, chastising no is one thing. Right. And and I agree how you approach things or how you discuss things. But in my opinion, I was just stating facts because I was there. Right. I was right there at the table. And none of the people that spoke up was there. Okay, let's, let's Zero. get to it. What was the effect? What was the effect that you felt like, okay, this NWA, NWA thing is popping off? What was the change that you saw? Okay, let me just state this. When I first heard them, I thought it was parody. It was really funny to me, to be honest. Because even though they were talking about some things that happened in the hood, it was so forward and so um, exaggerated, exaggerated, right. right, that to me it seemed like parody in a sense. Mm. Right. However, they didn't take it as parody, they kept perpetuating it as reality, reality. and that's where the problem came in. because. It increased the participation in that behavior. It increased how many people now wanted to go that route. Mm. We were in a culture where we were leading our people into consciousness. 
we were waking up, you understand? We were addressing social issues all around the country. And then they just took this one genre, let's say, and made that the standard, the gold standard for everyone. Well, and I guess it was because of the records that they were selling. Now, as a business, looking at it from a business perspective, like most of these labels, not really caring about the message or the outcome. I'm pretty sure if Tribe Called Quest went two times diamond, then everybody would have been a conscious rapper. But when you're looking at the success of a group coming out of California and looking at their environment, let's think about it. Well, let's, let's hold on. Let's back this up. Okay. It had nothing to do with where they were from. It has nothing to do with California. It has nothing to do with the circumstances there because those are the same circumstances that existed everywhere. Right. Every ghetto everywhere. New York was plagued with gangs and gang violence even well, prior we, to hip hop. We definitely held the, the, mur the, the, we the lost. murder capital for, for a while. Right. Okay. So we know way too much about gangs already. Right. You understand? So when these artists were coming mm. out now trying to wake us up and get us out of the depths of hell, it was for a purpose. We already been there. We already been to hell. We seen it. We lived the crack epidemic at the same damn time. Mm. You understand? But we wasn't up here talking about, at least I wasn't. Right. You understand? So it's just about, not even just about one person doing it, because like I said, it was funny. I thought it was funny. But repeatedly over and over again that everybody doing it, that's when it's not funny no more. But you got to look at who introduced all of that. It wasn't N.W.A. that introduced it. It was Jerry Heller and every nah, other institution. Nah, like, I, come on, I, I let's gotta, keep it real. I, we got to change that. We got to change that. Like, what you mean? We, we, what, I, we, what we got to change? I, I, N.W.A. went to get a, a deal, bro. They understood. went to get a deal from a white man. And that white man said, yo, this is going to sell. Now he was right. And he was right. Okay. N.W.A. wasn't out there <laughs> to the national public. No, I, preaching their, I understand preaching their what message. You're saying. Like I said, for them, it's a business. It's a business, bro. Right. I think this is going to sell. I'm going to invest in it. Now, right. if this, and I'm gonna make it national. If this blows up, guess what we're gonna guess guess what we're gonna do? We're gonna find more artists that sound like them. Mm -hmm. So when they're not dropping albums. We're still gonna make the same money off the same audience. Okay, I agree with and, you. And it brought us to where we at now. And here's, exactly. Here's the here's the hole in that theory. There have been other artists who have done phenomenal, and they didn't copy them. They didn't look to get another one of those. Right. They stayed with this same formula, even though those form mm. that formula was not as successful after N.W.A. got done with it. Like we haven't seen another N.W.A. group out here. Outcast went diamond. Right. Where's the other outcast? Right. How come how come we didn't forward that? Because I I believe there's an agenda. Mm -hmm. I believe destruction is way more power way more popular than positivity. 
I believe if two people stop to give each other a hug, nobody stops to see it. Two people fist fighting, all the phones come out, everybody stops. Right. I believe d- destruction in, in has always been more popular. Uh, until fist fights become so regular. That but, who's mo- but who's the institutions? Now you gotta, now you but who's the institutions responsible for marketing this? Oh no! And perpetuating but, it but, to but everyone. Understand again, bro. Again, bro. You 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 you're talking about people who live in the suburbs, parent their children, so they don't become like that. The effect of this music trickles down to the to the households who are of the kids who are sitting in front of the TV like this, getting no parenting. That's where the shit or goes outside and you see people doing what they're rapping about and you, you want to become part of it. I saw this, I saw this uh, cartoon and uh, there was this one little kid and it was like this demon hanging around him. There's two of them having a conversation. One of them was like, you're not going to go get this kid right there? He's like, all by himself. And he was like, eh. His parents have given him way too high self-esteem for me to, like, he's a waste of time. This one over here, though, his parents don't give a fuck about him. It's up. And I was like, so art just imitated life because that that's exactly how it is. The, the kid who he's describing in the yeah. suburbs is sitting there with two parents who are really getting it in. It is parody. It sounds like parody. NWA yeah. sounds, it sounds funny. It's like, oh, look at this. Yeah. This shit is hilarious. Oh, shit. There's, there's no way. Even if it's real, it's still funny. Like, there's no way this is real. I get, I'm never going to do I, I this. I totally shit. get right. where y'all brothers is coming from. All I'm saying is that we're not the ones that's responsible for, for projecting that. No, we're the ones who are responsible. And we're not the creating. ones that's making money off this of is that the, either. This is the other thing, though. If it were actual gang members that have lived some sort of that lifestyle that were rapping that way, I might have understood where they was coming from. But these were all nice guys. Not gang members. They were not living that life. Some was college educated. You understand? So, again, it, it doesn't negate the choices that people take. And we're right Shug back Knight. to the intentions. Suge <laughs> Knight was college edu- educated. And he was in college. He was so in football, all that. Right, but he was actually participating in some of that lifestyle. At some point. At some point. Right. He got there. Now, was it before or after college? You got to wonder that. Okay, now, let's forget about the education part. Was it before or after the entertainment industry? Because what I'm saying is, before the entertainment industry, they wasn't doing none. They still were not doing none of that. You understand? They may have people around them, but they, they, they wasn't. They wasn't. Right. I mean, I know they wasn't. And respect to them all, but they was imitating something. And that's the point. The point is, y'all imitating something here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to... I'm saying, I could have been talking about some stuff. I could have been rapping about some stuff. You're from Flatbush. You went to E Hall. Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. You definitely good. How many guests we had up stuff. here that made music that was that totally negates the lifestyle 
that they seen in the environment. Mr. Cheeks, all kind of people. But it, it, again, talk about no, that it, it is it is and to to, to Mecca. I agree with you. It is an agenda because if you look at the big three, then they don't rap about shit like that. But but we keep seeing this cookie cutter image of the gangsters. Mm-hmm. Drake, Kendrick, Cole. Cole. None of them talk They about don't shit. rap about shit like that. But we keep getting this cookie cutter image of the gangsters. If success was what we were chasing, we would see way more of those three. Right. Unless uh, the, the, the Tupac numbers was just so ridiculous that they're like, <laughs> we can't give up on this formula. We're going to find another one somewhere. You okay, know what I mean? so let's, let's, let's flip it just to further that, just to piggyback off that point. One of the most successful, critically acclaimed female art woman, women, in the business we've ever seen was Lauren Hill. And she was never asked we've to make another never, album. Not, not only did she not get it, but we've never seen anybody try to duplicate that. And that lane was wide open after she left. And successful as shit, the proof was in the pudding. The ROI was like a motherfucker. You're in the Yo, black like I'm a gonna, motherfucker. I'm going to show you something. Where's everybody else? Yo, did, did we do this already? Did we do this? What? Everybody got Instagram in here? Oh yeah, you oh, go yeah, to your explore page and all that. Yeah, we yeah. did that. Nah, I got nothing but a bunch of big booty girls on my big, <laughs> big booties. I'm ex, I'm ex convict, bro. Big yeah, I'm an ex convict, bro. I got nothing but a bunch of big booty girls on my shit. I'm, I'm so I'm so frustrated. And knowledgeable with stuff. Trust me, I got right. a lot of knowledgeable scientific stuff on there. I go to I go to the homepage and I I see all the shit that I've already seen. Mm-hmm. There's there's no. Hey, check out this new thing. Nah, it's, they figure you want to see more. all the same yeah. regurgitated shit. It's reading your shit. algorithm. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Stop giving me it's this shit. Design. I don't want to watch it no more. Yeah. It's by design. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to watch it's it no matrix. more? Show me. As long as you keep pressing play, I'm going to keep shoving this. Like, oh, here you go. God. Here's more. Exactly I learned that. I learned that. I didn't learn about that until a year after I came home from jail. After doing seven years. I said, oh, this shit is an algorithm. So let me look up. How to create businesses, how to uh, eat better, how to do this, how to do that, and then, and of course, yeah, women. Sense. I love women. So, and and, and that it, it, is what started popping up in my algorithm. Right. So it's not actually a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Until you watch all the shit and you're like, all right, I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Give me something else. To a certain extent, it's a distraction. It's always a distraction. Mm-hmm. It's always a distraction. So, so that's all, man. I just try to make sure that the youth I come across, I go to the school where they have masses of youth, and I talk to them about my experience, you know, starting as a teenage entertainer in school and coming up and just my path and, and just show them there's options. You know what I mean? Like you say, the big three, you know, you show them that you can do something else. You don't have to follow this pattern. Right. You know, this pattern is destructive. This one is productive. And that's basically it. I don't I tell them they don't have to die to be famous. Mm. That's my slogan. You ain't got to die to be famous. Mm. And that's really my point in going out here because of all the deaths. I've seen so many deaths over the past decade in hip hop. I mean, back in the days, 
Scott LaRock passing, we all felt it. Hmm. It was years before somebody else. somebody else passed. Maybe Guru Big L. passed Big L. Right. Some were not violent. Some were health-related. And then, you know, here and there, there was some violence. But, you know, there were accidents, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But now, she over wrote. the past 10 years, right, every year is just... Multiple rap artists yeah. that's dying. Assassinations. At the hands of gun violence, too. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. And like you said, you did some time. Are you coming out here advocating crime? No, absolutely not. Okay. The complete opposite. Well, this is my point. Real human beings in real life, this is not what we do. We don't come from hardship and suffering and advocate hardship and suffering. suffering. Right. So that's that was my my you know part of my point, but that's my message when I go out here to these kids because I'm gonna still tell the kids the truth. I don't care how nobody feel about it. You understand? Like right. I'm not here to make no grown ass people happy. Sugarcoat. I, I, right. I'm not sugarcoating nothing for nobody to appease them. I'm telling these kids the truth from my eyes. These, this is my truth. Right. And I'm gonna tell it. That's why I got this organization, sealartsandliteracy.org. Y'all want to help me to get out there? Go on there. Y'all could donate, support, do whatever, but that's what I'm going to do with my life because I've been there. Like you said, I've been through it. I've seen the pattern of abuse, etc. And I don't want kids going through that. Yeah. I don't want them used to be murdered, used to be assassinated. That's crazy. I wouldn't want my child in this industry based on what I'm seeing. Hmm. Mm. The, the mortality rate is one it's of the most dangerous jobs in the world. Yeah, It's probably worse than being a police right now. The amount of artists getting killed. Like, just because they want to be artists. That's not fair. That's not fair to their parents. That's not fair to them, their families, and us. We got to watch these kids getting killed. That shit hurt me every time. It's like teenagers. And then a lot of time they might be out there talking shit, talking reckless, waving ratchets in their videos, but they conditioned to do this shit for success. Right. And I'm just trying to recondition the mind, man. Just let them do something else, man. I think you with the, the influx of information kind of, it exposes the base uh, instincts of a human. What, 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 what snatches your attention immediately. And then in turn, it turns it into some sort of, of, of culture. Mm. Subculture. But, it, but it's not really a culture. Mm-hmm. If you're walking past a crowd of people and a woman walks by and she's naked in the crowd, it's, it's just going to catch your attention. She's naked? Oh, Why? Shit. What happened? Where's she coming but, from? But every day it's like, all right, this was a response. People responded to this. So now let's take this and use this as a 
as a marketing plan. Mm -hmm. Get naked, be ratchet, say sexual things because it appeals to the base nature of human beings. Well, it's just like I was saying about the, the internet now and platforms and the clickbait. Sometimes you have to make something interesting because like I said, if you know, special ed's cat gave birth to kittens, is not gonna get <laughs> the attention, the right. clicks, as something with a more dramatic title or headline. So, you know, I understand, but we have to find a line where we thinking about ourselves, our families, our culture, and where we're going as a people. Integrity. Integrity. There you go. Integrity. Absolutely. That's it, man. It's That's really it all takes. about integrity, morality, just, you know, real life. This is what I'm saying about real life. I didn't change who I am to conform to who the industry wants me to be or wants me to portray or the message they want me to send to these kids in today's time. Like, I'm sure they don't want me going out there telling these kids this shit is fake. But I got to. Because if I don't tell them it's fake, they're going to think it's real. And it's only real to certain pockets. It's not real to everybody. And those pockets is living a whole delusion. They caught up in the matrix right now. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they banging or whatever they doing, they don't need to. You don't see the rest of the world even concerned about what we doing. They live in their lives. It could be the most dangerous city. You see other nationalities and other cultures, they just walking around doing them because we don't pay them no mind. We hate each other. We trying to kill each other. We not going after them. They've made it so that we are at war with each other. Mm-hmm. They don't care. <laughs> you understand? Right. They don't care. They still touring. Tourism, they are around the most dangerous places in the world chilling because it's of no consequence to them. They're not, they're not in danger. <laughs> right. We are, you know, and from each not, other. And that's not, that's not the move. Not at all. I'm not your enemy, black man. Black man, black woman, I'm not your enemy. I, I knew that was coming. I'm not here to fight. I was going to say it, but then I was like, <laughs> no, I would just let Mech say it. That's line right there. I'm not here to I'm fight. I'm not your enemy. Then wake up looking to destroy you, looking to hurt you, looking to do you no We are not brothers. each other's enemies. Right. We've just been taught that. Right. And programmed. it is learned. It is programmed behavior. And it's being programmed, unfortunately, through our entertainment. Whether it be music social or media. movies or social media. Because now social media is the voice when you're not a rapper or an actor. And they making people now make content. And the and most of the content that gets any attention is emotionally disturbing content. Mm-hmm. And that's the trend. So you're witnessing trauma daily mm-hmm. and digesting it. And right. then you become Until, desensitized to it. Exactly. Do you yes. feel nothing. And that, and that allows for more of your own to be killed and murdered without a voice of, of resistance. Resistance. That's and, right. And you know what's crazy is that like I watch I watch a lot of stuff on social media, but one of the things I try to stop try to stay away from is not being 
like desensitized to regular daily activities. So like, for instance, driving your car, the light is green, but somebody's trying to cross the street with a child, right? You're like, all right, go ahead. You know what I mean? Whereas you see stuff on social media every day with somebody who's just running, hit the, the woman, the man, and a child, and I feel nothing. And you're watching this and you're like, well, oh, I see this like 30 times a day. Like, ain't about nothing. You know what? I'm going to do it too. You know what I mean? And that's the sad part is that this is the shit that we fighting with. We yeah. are fighting against being regular human beings, like being humanity. good no, people. You're, you're fighting your against humanity. programming. You're right. Try, you're you got to know. maintain your humanity. Listen. And I know it's, it's difficult for the generation that came up like after the 2000s because that's what you're witnessing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All the time, 24-7. I have, to, I have to tell my kids, like, nah, you ain't watching this. This ain't, you, what? Yeah, I see, I see you do that. What the fuck? Nah, turn this off. I don't care if it's cartoon characters. Just look at this shit. Mickey Mouse is killing people? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> And, and as much as you try to like uh, put parental controls on things, it's still stuff that slips through the cracks. Mm-hmm. You got to wonder who's the sick motherfucker that's making this shit and uploading it as kids' content. Mm-hmm. Name them happening. names. Right. Name well, that's names. why we have to actively advocate our messages and positivity to the children. Because otherwise they're going to pay more attention to this negative stuff. Mm-hmm than what they need to pay attention to, the positive. How do we uplift ourselves and be successful? If you steady worrying about all this drama, how are you going to become successful? Facts. When do mm-hmm. you have time to think about your path to success? Because all you want to do is take your time to find the ratchetness and look at some drama. You're not studying how to be successful anymore. Mm-hmm. You but just want to know where it's at, Where's the, where the drama at. And you're also manifesting it into your own life. Facts. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is a turbo fact. Mm-hmm. Be careful yeah. with that. Just got to be more responsible as a people. That's all. Seal. The, the magnificent. Amen. The magnificent. Thank you. Times 10. For your contribution to our culture and your continued contribution to our kids. Thank you for having me, man. Special ed. Special ed. Big Brooklyn. Big Brooklyn. Big Brooklyn. Amen. Feeling in the world was holding my own gun. I'm hypertensive, but all my decisions been wholesome. My independence had me flipping on siblings I stole from. Said I'm just big and loud. Well, half a pound is my solid treatment. I punched out plugs I could have stopped from eating. Stash of the product. Side nigga got up. Gun in the mass in the grass. It's a pop up. I was Robin Hood with the stock. Don't get shot up. Now I'm watching Robin Hood in my stocks. They just shot up. That's all it is. You just need to get treated.